Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal! Hey, this is Michael Wagner, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. He is. It's true. Everybody. It's me. It's true. It's everybody. not false. Uh, this is episode 107. We're talking about 2018. Coming back to our a year and a half, a year and a half, a year in the life of Metallica series. We kind of left off a, a while back. We've gotten through like 94, I think. Yeah, but I think this is this is uh, Clint's. You know, he threw me this idea today to do this episode. I think it's a good idea. This is our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and happy two-year anniversary. Thank you. Happy we anniversary. S- oh. We started Middle Up Your Podcast. Our first episode dropped. Uh, our first three or four episodes dropped a year ago yesterday? A couple days ago. Couple, whatever. January, January 1st, 1st, 2017. It's now January. We're recording this on the 4th. Whatever, yeah. Whatever it is. It's been two years. Time doesn't matter. It's been two years. It's crazy. Time is a flat circle and an illusion. Time is the essence. And the essence. Um, I, I even remember six months in thinking like, wow, it's been six months. This is crazy. How long could this go? And here we are. Two years. Two in. years with no sign of stopping. We've never missed a week. We've we had, have, we've we had did some, miss one week. Oh, that's true. And we've had a few little delays here and there. But I mean, we're pretty. I, we've but, been pretty consistent. We're operating at like ninety eight percent. I feel okay about it. I feel proud of the work we've done. You know, when this is all said and done, I think we'll graduate with an with an A average. <laughs> I, well, I certainly from Metallic School. From Metallic School, no summer school for us, other than of course putting out episodes in the summertime. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've started the series several months ago called "A Year in the Life of Metallica," and the goal is. In the grand ovoir, ovoir, the Ov- grand goodbye. In the grand body of work we're doing here, one of the cool things I thought that we could have is let's just go through every year of their existence in excruciating detail. Right. Yeah. And we did an ep- We started at this actually last year. The first episode of the year was us recapping 2017. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this is fun. We're going to recap 2018. We're going to go through every month. Every month. We're going to talk about every bowel movement. What did they do? Every toenail clipping. What did they do? Do. Another fun thing that just happened, Cover World Black and Volume 2 is out. It just dropped. If you're a patron, you uh, just, a few days ago, got the old uh, the old post from Clint that, uh, yeah, it's yours now. You have it. All eight songs. The artwork's completed. We had it mixed and mastered. It's fully recorded. And now it's just, I, I feel relief. It's out of our hands. Now it's into the world. Yeah. It's all within your hands. It's all within my dad's hands. Your dad loves it. He owns all the digital artifacts of it. <laughs> he does. No, so you're going to hear more about Patreon later, but that's one of the things you get until Volume 3 comes out, which we're thinking might be sooner than a year. Yeah, I don't know if we want to wait another year. We might um, do it this summer, but until Volume 3 comes out, the only way to get it is through Patreon. Speaking of that, we got a bunch of new patrons. We the, There's all sorts of crazy shit over at patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. It really is sort of the main channel to get involved with the show. 
there's a we're getting coming up on 200 patrons, by the way. I know it's amazing. Thank you guys, by the way. That's um, incredible. <clears throat> we do a bunch of other stuff, including giveaways, which we are giving away another box set at the end of this episode. Ooh. You'll have to stay tuned for the, the grand drawing. Who can it be now? Who can it be now? What's funny is I signed up to be a patron for our show, so I hope I win it. Yeah, you're in the running. That would be fun. It's poetic justice right there. Uh, but the the bare minimum is we like to give them a shout out. So we'll do that right now. I'll name a few and you name a few. Sounds good. That? We got Michael, Elizabeth Gleaton, who I recognize as a, uh, uh, a friend of the Bob Schneider camp. Awesome. Tiffany Simonson, who's a friend of ours who sent us a bunch of stuff. Oh, she sent us a bunch of great stuff. Uh, Kyle Rigney. We got Nate Gonzalez, Jason Goodemont, Goodmoot, Goodmoot? Goodemoot. Goodemoot. That sounds Canadian. Goodemoot, eh? Hey. Uh, Brian Ward and Jordan Blackhurst. All right. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. We y'all, sure do love the patrons. Y'all, seriously. Hey, we it's... just absolutely adore y'all. Hey, listen. We are tickled to death to have y'all over on the Patreon train. I'm just telling y'all, like, if you're on the Patreon train, you're getting cover all over Black and Volume 1 and 2. You get all sorts of giveaways. Honey, you're getting Lunar Satan. All three Lunar Satan jams. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. What else do you get over there? You get to see the YouTube videos of, yeah. of Clint Nathan's beautiful yeah. face. Sometimes, sometimes you get episodes early. Sometimes you get episodes way early. You get to ask special guests like Ray Burton and Jim Brewer and all them. You get to ask them questions. Real good questions, too. Jay smart, Weinbergs. Smart question. The Jay Weinbergs, the Alagos, the Wagners. Oh, there's so many of them. This is like Steel Magnolias. This is like a Southern hairdresser. Kind of is. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Southern hairdresser sounds good. Yeah, what were you thinking? A, a South African snake handler? <laughs> I was thinking, um, uh, what's the character? Uh, is it on Family Guy? The guy goes, I always goes, I know. The, the pedophile neighbor? Yeah. He's, he's kind of like. Hey, you kind, won't come over here. It's kind of Southern lispy. I yeah. really, you know, it's like um, I love impersonating like, pedophiles. I really love doing the podcast. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Well, I just find it super neat when we talk about Metallica <laughs> and all the many facial hair changes of James, Mr. James Hetfield. I like Lars. I love Kirk. I love Lars. I love Roberts. I love Roberts Trujillos. It's all of all the Trujillos. He makes this special salsa all the way from Southern California called Roberts Trujillo Sauce. Oh, it's good. You can put it on your eggs. You can put it on your bacon. You can put it on your grits. You can put it in your cereal. You can dip your chip in it. You can dip a hundred. You can dip a hundred thousand chips in there. I like to dip carrots in it. I like to dip lots of other various uh, broccolis and other vegetables. <laughs> Pretty good. Moving on. Another way to support the show now, if you can't, if you can't spare the five bucks a month or one dollar a month to get on Patreon, we totally get it. I've been in financial positions in my life where I just wasn't able to support content that way. Right. Um, thankfully, I'm okay now, and I support several other podcasts. But I totally get it if you can't. The easiest, cheapest way to do it. A, tell a buddy. Tell a, a buddy about Metal Up Your Podcast. Tell a tubby. Uh, B, tweet or uh, Instagram about it. Hey, this is a podcast that I like called Whatever. I think you guys might like it too. Yeah. C, go to iTunes, leave us a positive review. There's your homework. It's so easy. And if your name is Lars Ulrich, you can just take us on tour. Honey, take us on tour. Listen, I'd love to go on tour with Metallica. This would be so fun. You know it'd be really fun? Hanging out with Lars on tour bus. Well, hang out with Lars and James and like... All the road crew and see how much they're sweating, stuff like that. Just help them out, r- rolling some cables up. Maybe I could just walk around with a dry washcloth and tamp down that sweat. Just, just packing semi-trucks, wheels to the sky. Excuse me, honey, Wes, you working in the tin room? You look a little sweaty. Let me tamp down that sweat. Tamping down Wes, that sweat. I think you, Wes, I think you need a little bit of powder. Tamping down that sweat. Even a little bit of powder. You know the gold bomb? People usually put it on their crotch, but I just put it on the, tamp it down on the forehead. Yeah, if you get the Medicaid stuff, it gets kind of cold. And I do. <laughs> I see hot all night long. We got to think of names for those characters. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe it'll come to us it, eventually. In the meantime, we're in all the socials. I'm not even going to name them. You know what social media is? Then go do it. Because I hate them. Yeah, me too. I I'm, really do hate. I'm them. I'm really close to getting rid of Facebook. 
The only reason I, the only reason I I don't is like like what you're going to say is a lie. I know. Not a lie, but like not that you're going to lie. Whatever truth you're about to say isn't true. What? Birthdays are very handy. Fuck that. I know. Fuck that. We're old, dude. No one gives a shit when you were born. <laughs> no, not my birthday. Other people's birthdays. Their birthdays don't matter either. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I don't. Yo, it's my birthday. Everyone needs to treat me different. It's no. actually my birth week. No. No, I don't give a fuck. Everyone was born. Everyone was born and everyone will die. Guess <laughs> what? News flash. Here's the deal. On your wife's birthday, do something nice. It's your wife. Send your mother a, b- a bunt cake. <laughs> everyone else, though, on Facebook, oh, it's someone's birthday. Don't give a fuck. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't give any of my friends birthday presents because I just can't afford to. But but the thing is, they're like, he didn't say happy birthday on my Facebook wall. It's strange to get validation from that. And I've gotten it. I don't feel validation from Facebook. I don't, I'm not even that active on there. I, <clears throat> if anything, I post more on our Metal Free Podcast one than my own. Like What I thought you were going to say and what I preemptively was calling a lie. Okay. Because this is what most people say okay. in, in our industry. Dude, I hate Facebook. It's the goddamn devil. But the thing is, <clears throat> I got to do it for gigs. Because people won't know that people don't know that I need a gig or that I have a gig or they won't know what gigs I'm playing or that I'm this today's office at the fucking Kimmel show. That's all bull crap. It is bull crap. I mean, the weird thing is, I need to keep my personal page to run Metal Up Your Podcast and my music page. Okay, you can't just start a music page. You have to have an account on. Oh, the, really? It's stupid. I don't know. I'm not. It's not like I'm that active on there, anyways. Like I don't sit there and like comment and everything and like things and right. put little. Emo- I don't. You know, like every once in a while, if I comment on any post, it's usually sarcastic. Like I'm, I'm making a really dumb joke. I'm not. I don't get into debates on Facebook, let alone any comment section of any website, especially YouTube. Well, it's a cesspool and it's poisoning society. And uh, there's a there's a very important podcast that I listened to today. It's Sam Harris's latest podcast called The War of Information. Oh, okay. And he interviewed this chick who specializes in um, not just the, how the election got tampered with via social media, but just how, how um, companies or whomever with dubious motives right. use social media to foster and create tribalism to get people afraid. And when people are afraid, they consume. Right. And they they people revert to this in-group, out-group thing. And that's how the election, which is not even contestable, like, it's a fact now. That's how it was tampered with. Yeah, right. So people are just using people's prejudices against each other, stirring up bullshit on Facebook, and we're kind of all just falling for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you see it every day. If you scroll through Facebook... It, it's accessible. It's accessible. And there are people who you might otherwise, even though you disagree, have a coffee with, or at least be like, Peace, brother. Right, yeah. That people are just going fucking insane on each other, talking in ways we've just dehumanized. Like each ruining other. friendships over it. Right. It's so stupid. Right. I, I hate when I see people like post something like, "So I had to defriend like twenty five people today because we don't think the same." It's like, well, guess what, idiot? We're all different. I, I we- saw. I saw. I totally agree with you. And I saw one over the holidays where it was like, some obviously must have been a redneck was carrying a gun like during the holidays and a family member was like, Hey, would you mind leaving it in the car? I'm not comfortable having a gun around the kids. And the family member got so butthurt and they put all this on Facebook, by the way, of course, just airing their whole fucking life out. And they're like, we just went and left. And because that's no family of mine. Wow. And it's like, really? That's about it. That's about as like low as like saying like, well, we're a Ford family. Why'd you buy a Chevy? Well, and it's like you're going to let that divide your family instead of being like, 
And it's just what it is is it's the gun team and the anti-gun team. Right. Exactly. Whereas the person that was uncomfortable with the guns, like me, for example, I'm uncomfortable with half of my family having guns at Christmas dinner. Yeah. Now, am I anti-gun? No, we have a fucking gun. So I'm not anti-gun, so everyone chill out. But but <laughs> I can understand why I don't want seven dudes at Thanksgiving drinking bourbon all having a gun under their fucking belt. Right, totally. I'm with you. And is this face... If I were to tell my stepdad, for example, who I care about a lot, he carries a gun almost yeah. everywhere he goes. If I were to be like, hey, would you mind not having that today when you come stay at my house like they did last week yeah. to watch my kid? He would say... No problem, dude. I respect that. It's your house. It's your daughter. Because it's... we haven't been zombified yet. Right. We're still human beings. Yeah. Some people, there's no, there's no respect anymore. It's just, it's just you versus me. And I'm telling you, uh, things like Facebook have, have made that worse. I'm not saying yes. they caused it. We all, we've always had tribal problems. No, they've made it worse. But You're they right. have made it worse. And Absolutely. I, and I think that. I think we're starting to, and I'll I'll end with this. <laughs> this is an all Metallica podcast, by the way. Yeah, just so you know. I think we're starting to cross a threshold where it's no longer excusable to ignore this stuff. Yeah. Man, I just have fun on there. We are starting to participate in the erosion of what it means to be in a society. Yes. And at some point, you got to take some responsibility. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Yeah, and of It's course. not an I'm better than you or any of that stupid shit. See, Clint thinks he's better than me. That That's part of the problem. Right. I don't think I'm better than you. Yeah, I want your help. And trust help. me, everybody, he's not. <laughs> Nor am I. Ethan has has specific actual information on that. That's evidence. True. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. Now, speaking of all that, we are on all that shit. So <laughs> yeah, so we're on Facebook. <laughs> so if you've been zombified and that's just what you're going to do, and you're going to write out your days on Facebook, at least go be a fan of our shit on there. Yeah, if you want to, I guess it's fine. We got a great website, MillerPodcast dot com. Clint just did some uh, some house house cleaning on there. We've got all of our merch on there. We've got mm-hmm. you can buy the EP on there, cover with Black and Volume One for five ninety eight. The five ninety eight EP. Five ninety eight EP. Um, all sorts of good stuff updated, like the podcast section we've been on. Yeah. Uh, but tons of goodies. You can good sign up to there. you can sign up to be on our mailing list there. We're gonna send something out maybe once a month. Maybe once a month is to keep people hip on like the party, uh mer- new merch, the EPs. Right. We're not yeah. gonna spam you or any of that shit. But if you go to melodypodcast.com, the first thing it will prompt you to do is sign up for the mailing list. I encourage you all to do it. People ask us all the time, uh, especially about touring. Get the mailing list. It's gonna be a direct then you'll know line of communication. Yes. If you miss that week on the podcast, you'll at least get the email. Yeah, I think there was someone that hit us up through whatever social thing. Thing or email that was asking like are you guys doing anything before the metallica show and i was like um yeah we've been talking about the party for like weeks <laughs> right or maybe they meant the day of the show i don't know either way sign up for the mailing list it's a great website um we got some meetups yeah the meetup so all right the day of the birmingham show and we're going to just remind everybody each on each week yeah until we get to january uh the middle of january about these meetups so the day of the birmingham show which is january 22nd which is a tuesday we're doing a meetup at Kerrigan's Bar. Look it up. It's on Morris Avenue from 4 to 6. Then we're all going to go to the show together and hold hands and fucking cry and sob and shit. Yeah, it'll be awesome. While Metallica plays Carpe Diem for the first time in eight years. <laughs> they're going to open and close with it. Yeah, it's, 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 Clint is totally right. And, start, and I've heard they're going to start the encore with Fixer, which is crazy. Wonderful. Great. Yeah, big great. Just because they've heard the podcast. They've heard our cover of it, and they were like, holy shit. They're like, wow, we, we, gotta, we, we, we can't get smoked by a couple of podcast nerds. Exactly. We gotta step it up now. The next day, if we're not too hungover, which we decided we're not going to be doing a lot of drinking like, at the we'll Birmingham have, show, we'll, we'll have some beverages at the hang before. But during the show, I think we're going to chill. I Ethan and I've been drinking a lot less. Way we're less. not even drinking right now. No, there's no clink, 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 no, no ice in the glass. Um, Sorry, everybody. So the next day, we're going to be well rested and not hungover, and we're going to be throwing our party at the Cobra. That's yep. in East Nashville. 
Look it up. January 23rd. There's a Facebook event page for it if that's how you like to get your info. All the info's there. Now, there's no show that night. We're just partying until the fucking, until whatever, till you can't yeah. stand up, honey. Exactly. The next day, we will be meeting somewhere. Same deal as Kerrigan's, but in Nashville at a to-be-announced bar. Yeah, probably near, the Florida Georgia Line house. Near, <laughs> either that or the, the, the Jason Aldean yeah, maybe bakery. Luke, 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 Luke Bryan's cake pop the, shop. The, the Tim McGraw cutlery uh, outlet. Whatever. Like, every bar on Broadway now is like a, a fucking country star. It's the new thing, dude. It's the new thing. It's crazy. It really is the new thing. It's, it's almost like it's like when they put up a new casino in Vegas. Like, So I think I mentioned this on the show before. I, when I'm not touring now, I've been driving for Lyft and Uber. And every fucking tourist, they want to go to those bars. Yeah. It, they don't want to go to Robbers. They don't want to go to Layla's or Nudie's. They want to go to Tootsie's. We're yeah. going to the FGL house. Yeah. Or whatever. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, it fun. looks pretty banging. Actually, I played the FGL house, a private gig with Rodney yeah. about a month ago. It was pretty banging. I'm sure it's an awesome place. It's basically a, a cool club. They don't have anything to do with it. But, like, it is weird. It's like a hard rock almost where they have, like, framed T-shirts that those dudes uh, wore yeah. and shit. This one's from all the way back in 2014. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Historic. Um, So those are the the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. We're doing meetups that week. Look it all up, um, and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. We're looking forward to that. We like to take the pulse of the uh, Melody Podcast. Ooh, Ethan just dropped the video mechanism. That's okay. It's all right. We're coming back. Is it still rocking? Oh, yeah. This is going to be a good outtake. There we go. This is going to make the best of next year. I know it. Because we're totally not going to do that again. You good? Uh, I'm just trying to get it to stay up. There we go. I'm uh, still in there. Hey, we like I'm to take back. a pulse of the Metal Up Your Podcast family. They write into us emails every week. Ethan, every week, these beautiful people write us emails. You know, it's, isn't it something? They tell us their stories. They have funny anecdotes. We're really lucky. Oh, my gosh. So lucky. We read a handful on the show and what we like to call the email corner. Let's take a trip. <laughs> All right, our first email is from Eric Dallager. He says, sup, dids? Super quick question. Uh, what, do you guys co- uh, what do you guys call the podcast when men- mentioning it to each other in other casual conversation? For instance, my wife and I both love and listen to the show, so if one of us reference you guys or the show, we say something like, the Metal Up dudes started putting, uh, putting up shows on YouTube, or Jim Florteen was on this week's Metal Up. All the best, Eric Dallager. Th- that's cool. We just call it the podcast. The podcast, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like, hey, what should we do for the podcast next week? Right. Or the show. The show. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy. What what should it be called? It's kind of, I, I get what you're saying, though. It's like, hey, you want to go see Maiden this summer? Right. You know, um, I don't know. I mean. I think anytime I reference other podcasts, I just say the full thing. The Joe Rogan podcast. Right. WTF. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would never text Clint like, hey, what are you thinking for this week for Metal Up Your Podcast? <laughs> I think you know what podcast I'm talking about. If you did, we would. it would be weird. I'd it, be like, are you be okay? Weird. Yeah. Hello, we, we Ethan. We can call it Mooip. Mooip? Mooip. I think the Metal Up dudes is cool. Metal Up is cool. Uh, good question. Fun stuff. Fun. Uh, thanks, Eric. David Barnes writes, what's up, brothers? Hoping you guys had a stellar new year and that the road treated you well. Can't wait for the party at the Cobra. Is it too early to call it party of the year? Uh, nope. Who would say that? Who does this? Who does this? Honey, Joyce would come, but she's got to take care of Lucius. Oh, I mean, Joyce would also come, but I mean, with, with her bad back these days? Her bad, well, her sciatica. Are you kidding? Uh, he says, the Ray Burton episode was amazing. Such a nice dude. Two things struck me. First, he still referenced 
uh, Metallica as The Boys. He says, It's kind of sad, as if not only Cliff, but the whole band stopped aging in 1986. It's an incredible testament that they've remained true to the Burton family. Also, Mr. Burton said that Cliff would have probably disapproved of the direction of the Black Album being purposefully more commercial. Seems to me the boys were seizing the opportunities and momentum at the time. I know you guys always say that you think Cliff would have approved. I'm curious if your thoughts have changed. Until the 23rd, DB. So, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with Mr. Burton. I agree. I know. I agree with you. I mean, oh, with me. I, I think it's hard to disagree with Ray Burton about what of his course, son would yeah. have thought, because obviously he's the authority. But And the last thing he did was Master of Puppets. I think Cliff would have been more like James and really rejected the image of it. Right. Because he would have, I think he probably, like James, would have thought of it as kind of posturing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to cut your hair and wear leather and put eyeliner on and right. bow a feather and pretend to, you know, in their minds, pretend to be artist types. Yeah. When I think they actually, I think Lars and Kirk are artist types. That, I think that's why it never rubbed me that they did that right, clammy, yeah. clammy shit. I kind of feel like that Cliff would have explored even more. I think Cliff well, would have dug Bad he, Seed and Ronnie and 2 by 4 Cliff would have been like, hey guys, um, been listening to a lot of, a lot of Ravi Shankar lately. <laughs> I brought a tempura and a sitar. Just, just, tempura? Just, just, a tempura. Tem, yeah, I, I, tem, brought, tempura. I brought tempura? No, tempura. <laughs> okay. It's the droney instrument. In, in, and in tempura. And, and tempur- tempura Japanese, vegetables. Yeah. yeah, deep fried vegetables. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves that stuff. Um, yeah, he would have thrown, thrown a little bit of that on, you know, Outlaw Torn or something. I think he would have embraced the music. Yes, yeah, I think I you're agree. right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, and no disrespect to Ray. I mean, he, he you know, no, no one will ever know. And we don't know. That's really the thing. We're just going. We're going based off of what Cliff's influence was on previous records. I mean, and right. his taste in music and exactly. all stuff like that. So, because people say that Load and Reloads have the sort of country outlaw twangy alternative thing. Yeah. And Cliff listened to when you go listen to their influences he's talking about rush and zz top and leonard skinnerd yes. and yes and the police and all the things that sort of add that sauce to the load and reload stew right yeah there you go sorry ray sorry ray <laughs> uh <laughs> thank you db uh next email from matt kerr hey guys here's a hypothetical situation for you Let's say you meet the band before the Nashville show. Kirk and Rob tell you that they don't have anything for their uh, doodle that night, and they ask for suggestions. Do you suggest, A, I want to be a Hulkamaniac, sung by Rob. By Torn the Snow Dog, sung by Kirk, by Rush. That's a long-ass song. We didn't, we, we weren't going to play the entire thing. It's like almost nine minutes Yeah, long. I just wanted everyone to hear a little flavor of it. A little flavor. To understand what it is. Yeah. Bito and the snow dog. But if it was Cookie Monster Kirk doing it, 
Bite hard. Bite the snow dog. I'm hungry for cookies. <laughs> he says, please discuss. Maybe ask the Joyce's what they think to you. Oh, honey, you have no idea. How I, Rush, Getty Lee, back in the day when they wore those like silk pajama things? Are you kidding me? Who does that? I personally would like to hear them do a stirring, honey, a stirring rendition of will it be a bottle of red or a bottle of white by the lovely Billy Joel. Could you imagine if they did something by Babs? Well, and they honestly, they have no connection to Nashville whatsoever. But if you're asking me, that's for my money. That's... The Entertainer by Billy Joel. Oh. Who... Honey, I love Billy Joel. Can you imagine Getty Lee singing Piano Man? Honey, I d- imagine it. <laughs> every every day? You know... I keep Getty Lee in a cupboard in the back, and I make him <laughs> sing it to me every day for a couple of pancakes. Why do you think they stopped touring? Honey, why do you think they gave up touring a couple of years ago? It's because I keep Getty Lee enslaved in a, in a well in my basement. <laughs> Honey, Getty puts the lotion on his skin. He puts the lotion on Bytor. The snow dog's chained up out back. <laughs> I keep the snow dog's chained out back. I throw him a piece of salmon twice a week. Hey, don't be mad. He's a snow dog. He loves the cold New Jersey winters. Honey, they call him a snow dog. Lucius, I don't it's like It's in his name. Lucius can't handle it. It's too cold. It's too much for Lucius, my sweet baby. <laughs> he sleeps next to a heated a heated lamp. Under, like under have, a heating blanket. Like they have at McDonald's for the burgers. Well, we're really killing that. All right, thanks, Matt. Hopefully that answered your question. Sammy Mullen says, hey, guys, hope you had a great Christmas in the year. Well, I did. I had a great Christmas. It was really chill. He says, just finished listening to your episode on the Troubadour show, and one thing that struck me was that when you listen to these older shows, you can really hear in James's voice the sharp divide between pre and post getting lessons to fix his voice. He's referring to James blowing out his voice recording So What during the Black Album right? and then needing kind of formal lessons to regain that. Yeah. He says, the way he screams and yells on the Troubadour show and any show pre-90 makes you wonder how he didn't blow his voice out sooner. The other striking thing, though, is that once he got some training and fixed his method, his voice actually became more powerful. Agreed. The 90s was a great time vocally for James. He says, I know you guys said you're a bit sick of working through the Justice box set, but the two full shows on the DVDs are pretty cool and worth checking out. The Newark one in particular starts with about 10 minutes of cool backstage shit that's really interesting. Anyway, keep up the good work as always, Sam. Well, I don't know if we're going to like I think we might do be. commentary on two full shows. I think we might be done. We'll, we'll, Maybe we'll do one more part and kind of wrap, like just go over the rest of the crap. Yeah, we can just wrap it. We'll talk about it. It'll be like a third. It'll be a revisited. <laughs> I mean, we've done five episodes on it. I know. That's a lot for one release. But um, By the way, again, doing a drawing for another patron giveaway. Yeah, don't tune out the just Justice yet. Justice Box set. And don't scroll to the end. If you scroll to the end, we're not going to finish this episode. And we'll know if you did it. Exactly. Even though it would be already recorded and released, we'll know. We'll know what you did. All right, next email is from Brian Ward. After nearly a year of listening to your show, he's talking about Metal Up. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> writing in and conversing on the socials, I am finally in a place to support Metal Up Your Podcast on the financial level. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the humor and care you guys bring every week and are the highlights. I can, uh, I can read Metallica facts all day long, but the opinions and insight... Uh, you bring our what and many others, I think, love about the show. It's been a great journey this last year, and I really appreciate your openness, responses, and love of your fans and the Metallica community. Later, Brian Ward. Short and sweet. Love it, man. Hey, Thank you, Brian. You're, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Our uh, pleasure is your leisure. <laughs> Jason Gunamut, who's another new patron, writes, Hey, guys. want to say how badass I think the middle of your podcast is. I've been listening for a few months and trying to get to all the previous episodes. And I love how you always keep us listeners laughing and learning about the greatest band in all the land. I'm a musician, and it's really great to hear professional musicians talk about the ins and outs of the biz. That means business in the biz. The writing, recording, and performing of music, and especially the history of Metallica. 
My wife and I have four kids under 12 who are all getting into sports. We're, we're finishing up our second house renovation project and about to start our third and final one. And I drive a truck 60 to 65 hours a week. So playing music and talking music with my buds is something that unfortunately doesn't happen as often as I'd like. So your podcast and Metallica and heavy music in general is a fucking oasis. That's cool. You obviously have a lot of time in the old truck to listen to us. So. Right. Hey, do us a favor right now and honk the horn. I'm, I'm doing the, the gesture with my hand Ethan right now. Ethan is like the kid in the passenger seat <laughs> passing you. I'm just hoping you honk that horn. He just honked the horn for so sure. So that he can fart at the same time and pass it off as the horn. <laughs> exactly. Dad, it was the, it was the truck. I swear. It wasn't me. That was Optimus Prime. It was Jason Goodemoot. <laughs> he says, I've been a huge Metallica fan since the mid-90s, and I finally will be seeing the boys for the first time in March in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Every episode of Metal Up Your Podcast I hear gets me more and more pumped. So you guys keep it up until Dave, Torben, Hulk, Becky, Paw Paw, and Paul that I send my best. Cheers, Jason. Oh, thanks, Jason. That's really sweet. Thanks. L- lovely. Our next email is from Jordan Blackhurst. He says, hi. Hey, Jordan. Hi. Um, I'm from Big Lake, Minnesota. Are there big lakes up there? <laughs> Who's from Small Lake, Minnesota? Yeah, no joke. What like, about average I'm lake? from Tiny Lake, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Brantley, listen. Hey. It's me from Big Lake. You know the big one, not the small one. I need you to be a buddy and call me back at Big Lake. Bye. Brantley. Jason. Got your message, buddy. Was it the mi- t- tiny lake or the big lake? Be buddy, clear that up for me. Call me back. Bye. Brantley, it's Jason. Missed your call, buddy. I was watching Fast and the Furious 6. Give me a call. Be a friend. Bye. Jason, Brantley, listen. I was watching Fast and the Furious 3. We must be sort of synced up like women's period sometimes with the moon or something. Anyway, need you to be a buddy. Call me back. I'm at big lake. Bye. I'm at big lake. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Some Great Lakes jokes, guys. Just for, just some Great Lakes comedy. Yeah. If you guys haven't gotten into Great Lakes humor, oh my God, it's so good. You're missing out. It's a dying, dying breed. Uh, I started listening to the podcast in December, and I'm still trying to get through all the episodes. After what I heard so far, I decided to become a patron. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've been a Metallica fan since St. Anger was released, but the first album I bought was a Black Album in 2004 and started becoming obsessed. My family got me a Metallica tribute battle jacket from my birthday two years ago, and I finally saw The Voice September 4th last year, and it was an amazing day. Cool. Thanks for the podcast, and happy anniversary. I don't well, know that Metallica you. did a show in Big Lake. It was at the Big Lake, dude. Oh, come on. Big one? Jason and Brantley were there. Oh, man. All right. Uh, we got a few more of these. We'll make them quick. Glenn Maynard says, Good day, Clint and Ethan. I know you guys are super busy, but just wanted to write to you. I first got online with the Metallica journey in early 89 when a friend of mine put some headphones on me and just told me to listen. What I was hearing absolutely blew me away, and I simply couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was blackened, and it's still my favorite Metallica tune today. Very cool. When I was in London in 1998, one of my bucket list items was to go to the Great Frog and buy the exact same wolf pendant that Jason wore for most of the 90s. James. Uh, oh, sorry, James. Good grief. I can't read. Brantley, me. Jason. Brantley, my Jason. My name ain't James. Don't Bye. call me James. Bye. <laughs> I read it was originally Cliff's, but James ended up with it, and he actually made it into a ring in the late 90s. It can be seen in the I Disappear video while he's driving the Camaro. I still proudly, proudly wear my wolf pendant to this day. Anyway, much love and respect, and keep up the coolness that is so natural to you. Glenn Maynard, Seaford, Melbourne, Australia, New Jersey. We have a lot of Australian listeners. I know. It's kind of awesome. What's happening over there? I don't know. Maybe we should fly to Australia and find out. Consider it done. 
Yeah, what's weird is when is when you you go to Australia, you get there on the same exact day. But you know, literally, literally on the way back, if you fly out on a Monday, Tuesday doesn't happen, and you get home on a Wednesday. It's I mean, it's like you traveled through time. It's like Back to the Future. It's so weird. It's like the scene in Back to the Future where Biff eats the manure. Oh, it's so and good. And he talks about how he hates the manure. Oh, I hate manure. <laughs> He's always getting manure in his mouth. I've never had manure in my mouth. I And I, I venture to say, if a huge truck of manure if i slid my 1950s convertible car because i'm racing in the streets trying to hit marty while he's on a uh a, hoverboard a, it's not the hoverboard in this one it's a skateboard that he took the thing off because these are pre-hoverboards because i'm talking oh, about you, back you, you one part in the one 50s. yeah yeah you slide into the manure truck manure dumps all over you here's what i'm doing while the manure is cascading onto me i'm closing my mouth yes I'm not going, oh, oh my manure's gosh. falling no. into my mouth and all my other holes. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor Biff and Buford Mad Dog Tannin. It happens to all of them. They all get manure in their mouths. It's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a tannin thing, I guess. It's a tannin curse. The curse. Such of the, a shame. The curse of the manure. Give me, uh, give me a milk. Chocolate. <laughs> That's George McFly. He goes to hit on Lorraine for the first time. Oh, right, You're right. my density. You're, I mean, destiny. You get your damn hands off her, or you'll be sweating bullets. Marty, last night, Darth Vader came to me in a dream and said that if I don't ask Lorraine to the enchantment under the sea dance, he'll melt my brain. <laughs> and turn me into a psychotron. But you can't melt your brain if it rusts like a robot. Holy shit. Wow. Tangent City. All right, our last email. Oh, good friend Sarah Sobek. She says, regarding hug expectations, my preference is a rib-crushing, back-massaging, face-squeezing hug. I'll also accept group hugs for those who don't feel comfortable with with one-on-one. Just a small side note, New Jersey should be compared to the best horror franchise ever made, A Nightmare on Elm Street, because every town has New Jersey. Insert maniacal laughter, (laughs) should we? (laughs) Every town. It's a New Jersey. Yeah. Well, two She's of course referring to the the famous line in uh, Freddy's Dead, where they say every town has an Elm Street. Yeah, because Freddy leaves uh, with Springwood, Springwood, Illinois, yeah. where's, which is kind of where it all went down. And the idea is like, well, every town has a goddamn Elm Street. That's right. Which I think you, is pretty fucking a brutal you, bitch. You can't premise. escape it. Freddy Krueger, man, he's a shit. Yeah, I love I love Freddy movies. They got a little goofy, but they're still fun. That's what's so cool about it, though, is the 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 humor in it, and the like the 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 pizzazz he puts into some of those kills. Yeah, he's not just like a walking automaton stabbing like Michael Myers. Yeah, Michael. I find the Halloween movies, except for the third and the first one, pretty boring. Wasn't the third one without Michael Myers? Yeah, the third one's the seasons of the witch. It's like a just kind of a different deal. It's not even a Michael. It, yeah, he's not in it. No. It's a whole different premise. Yeah, I like the first one a lot. First one's a classic, dude. John watching, Carpenter. What's the one that... Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was in a total of four, I think. She, well, she's in the new one. She's the in the new one. She's she, in H- H2O. H2O. She's in one and maybe two. One and two. That's four. I had to look at my... I counted using my fingers, and then I had to look at my fingers and count how many I had up. <laughs> how many fingers am I holding up? Well, she was in one, two, H2O, and the reboot. How many is that? Like, I already counted it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, he's not in the Rob Zombie one. Did you watch that one? He made two of them. That's right. Were they good? I mean, I'm a fan of Rob Zombie, so I like his kind of gritty... Um, I like... Yeah, I like his movies. Okay. I a lot a, of people didn't, though. I need to tap into some of those. I mean, I, 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 you're a big horror movie buff. I am not. 
but I do like a lot of the classic stuff, even like way back to like Jordi Romero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, well, the, Night of the Living Dead. I oh, mean, it's, it's a just classic. Just it's such an important movie. Did so much socially. Dawn of the Dead and the whole trilogy. Yeah, he made a lot of good shit, and then the dude he did that with, they split off, and that his the other dude made Return of the Living Dead, yeah, which is a great horror comedy. Yeah, in fact, I might even prefer that over all of them. Really, which is kind of okay, not a popular opinion. Do you remember the movies House? Oh, I love the House, house Two. Love the House movies. House Two was that was like a horror comedy. Super weird movies. Very weird. Where he like go yeah he's like it's like crossed with Vietnam. There's a door that opens and it's yeah. a haunted house and they take his kid. It's super weird. It's super weird. I haven't seen it since I was probably ten or eleven. I subscribe to what's basically the Netflix of horror movies. It's called Shudder.com. Oh, that's right. And it's four ninety nine a month. But I bet there's like a free special if you want to do like four months free or something. But for five bucks a month, so it's whole, uh, like Netflix, but for all horror movies. It's only horror movies. Really. It's amazing. You've mentioned this before. And like a lot of content makers like Amazon, Netflix, Apple, yeah. they, they're making their own content. Oh, that's cool. Um, th- so they put out their own movies. They make their own TV shows. Oh. They have their own podcasts. Do they have a TV show out right now that's made by Shudder, produced by Shudder, and it's called uh, Dead Wax. And it's, okay. about, it's a horror anthology show about vinyl. Whoa. There's this rare piece of vinyl that when you listen to it, it kills you. <laughs> and this like audiophile chick is trying to hunt it down. Oh, crazy. It's just a fun ride. It's like Black Mirror almost. Yeah, that sounds... That sounds maybe I'll have to... It's Shudder.com. It's maybe cool. do a little, little free trial and check it out. Like right now, they're doing a big special on all Stephen King's films. Oh, that's cool. But they did like a big... And they do... And oh, Kirk Hammett was on there. They do a curation, like a famous person will curate. So Kirk Hammett had a month where it was all like the old Universal monsters, but it was like Kirk Hammett's picks. Oh, that's cool. And it was like Frankenstein and Dracula, like all the uh, the Belagosi shit. And, yeah, yeah. But they did like a Dario Argento thing with Suspiria and all the all that Giallo stuff. That's and awesome. It's it's like made by horror lovers for horror that's lovers. That's great. I love it. And it's, uh, somehow I convinced my wife to let me have that. <laughs> I'm like, babe, can I pay five bucks a month to just have access to every horror movie ever? <laughs> She's like, um... She's like, why are you insane? Why yeah. are you a psychopath? Yeah. Why are you absolutely crazy? Well, we love hearing from our friend Sarah Sobeck. You know, she's a great friend of the show, and we've both hung out with her in person. She's a sweet cat. We're going to see her in Birmingham and Nashville. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Emo Corner Metal Group Podcast Show at gmail.com. Peace. Yeah. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios. All right, let's dive into 2018. It was, was so bit, long ago. That was a bit longer housekeeping than normal, but you know what? I don't give a shit. You know what? 
It's okay. A lot really did happen. We, you know, they toured their butts off, but in between all the touring, like putting this list together today, doing all this research, a, a lot of stuff happened, and a lot they did a lot of behind the scenes charity stuff, which which we know. We, I mean, that's one of the things we love about the band. I, I mean, just they, think they it's all, so they cool. Gi- they give back so much; it's crazy. So we're gonna we're gonna just basically burn it all down in excruciating detail. We've done. We've done this before, maybe 10 episodes of this. We're eventually going to cover every year of their existence. So let's take a little trip. Hop hop along in the old time. Hop hop along. Just hop along like a bunny rabbit. We're going all the way back 12 months. All the way back. And really, not even 12 <clears throat> months. So the first thing of note, they took January off. They pretty much chilled. Good for them. Good for them. They deserved they it. They probably deserved it. But the first thing they did was February 1st through February 16th is they started their European Arena Tour in Lisbon, Portugal. And I remember that being particularly exciting because we all felt like at the time, and we were right to feel, that the set lists were going to be different. Right, yeah. There were going to be more rotating slots, and there were. There was a cover slot. There was a thra- There was like a different thrash slots, kill em all slot, and all that. <clears throat> now, I, I made notes of like interesting songs they did when they get to the States, but for these, I just have the dates. Right, yeah. So this first little jaunt was Lisbon, Two Nights in Madrid, Barcelona, Turin, Bologna. How do you say that? Uh, Bologna, I think. Bologna, Italy. And oh, Bologna, Italy. Bologna. Jason Brantley. Call me back. Bring Bologna. Bye. Uh, then they did Mannheim, which is Germany, I believe. I should yeah, have put the countries here. Okay. Mannheim. And I, I remember those set lists coming in, you know? Like, we were excited about the cover slot. and Yeah. Isn't this also also when they debuted Spit Out the Bone, too, right? No, they debuted that. Was that the year before? They debuted that in London. My God. They start. That's right. They started the arena tour, I believe, at the end of 2017. Okay, yeah. They debuted that either night one or night two in London. So at this point, they've been playing Spit for okay, a minute. Okay. Um, <clears throat> while they're on that tour, now this is interesting. This is February 12th. James spends a few days between tour dates filming scenes for Joe Berlinger's upcoming film, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which is a film that Joe's making about Ted Bundy. Yeah. So it's starring uh, Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. And it follows his longtime girlfriend, played by Lily Collins, who had no idea of the crimes and was basically defending Ted Bundy. It's also got uh, John Malkovich in it. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it's kind of a serious movie. Yeah. Like, John Malkovich is amazing. Of course. James plays Officer Bob Hayward, a Utah Highway Patrol veteran, who was the first law enforcement officer to arrest Bundy in 75 after pulling Ted over discovering burglary tools in his car and suspecting more. James's first dramatic role in a film... And I looked up when it's coming out. It's still in uh, post-production, so... I'm stoked to see it. I just want to see old, old I've seen Jimmy the, James. I've seen the still. Have you seen, like, the, the still picture of it? I think so, yeah. He's wearing, like, a state trooper outfit yeah. and looking real serious. Yeah. It's a pretty good role for him. Totally. If I think, he only had the stash. I don't... I can't remember if he has it in the in the, in the video. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think he even showed up with the stash until this last leg started, like, in October. When was it? Uh... After this, like, started in the September. September. That's when he showed up with the stash. I can't remember if he had... Well, he has, like, the handlebars now. Right. But yeah. I can't remember if he had, like, a thing in February. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't analyze his facial hair. I did too much acid. <laughs> dude, I did too much peyote in the desert. Yeah, man. I, dude, like, I got super fucked up on phosphorescent desert buttons, uh, and I went out to Joshua Tree with my dad. Fuck yeah, dude. And he vomited on my shoes, and I wore them anyway. Of course, you have to. It helps you float. 
Dude, it was like walking on the moon, which I've never been to, but I imagine that walking on the moon is like walking in shoes filled with your dad's vomit. Right. And did you like plant like an American flag in the ground, dude? Like claim well, it? N- kind of like Normandy, yeah, but it was an it was an anarchy flag though. Oh, Same deal. Hell yeah, dude. Two babo yeah. start with A, bro. Hell yeah. February fourteenth, Metallica announced they are once again teaming up with Vans with two new styles, exclusive collection of footwear apparel and accessories now i bought the high tops these were yeah, they're rad rad high tops and uh they had these like slip-ons high tops a shirt and a trucker hat and i'm pretty sure all that sold out i bought mine after like from a fan on the forum right yeah. super rare shit yeah that's really cool um <clears throat> and you wear them too it's not like you're just you put them on a shelf i just you got to decide what you're going to do when you get that kind yeah. of stuff and i decided to wear them well but even here's the thing even, even once they're kind of like beat up and worn out and it's time to move on you can still keep them and hang yeah. on to them and, and they I look kind of cool yeah i mean i like wearing them i think it's fun yeah I, it would feel weird because they're pretty expensive it would feel weird to buy them and then just have them sit in my closet much like when i buy toys and leave them in the box <laughs> Yeah, but you usually have them on display. You can at least see them. Yeah, you can't really, really I can't really display shoes without getting a divorce. took them all down because I'm an adult. I'm an adult, darn it. I don't need toys anymore. Where are they? They're upstairs in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> They're upstairs I, in my bedroom I, on display. Yeah, I put, the sh- I put this new shelf right next to my side of the bed, and my wife loves it, and there's James and <laughs> She Mars really and loves it. That would be fun. <laughs> I, honest, I just don't have any room in HQ1 here to put them anywhere right now, so I'll figure it out. Maybe they could go on top of this. Maybe. It's, it's so boring. People can't see what we're talking about. But <laughs> Maybe they'll look good over there or hey, over what there. Do you, what do you guys think? Over what there about by over that here? thing? By that thing? I oh, think it would look thing, great. Dude, that thing looks hilarious. What do you guys think? Um, <clears throat> it's pretty cool. It's the third collaboration uh, with Vans. Um, they did like some Kill em All shoes. And I remember those. Those are bitching. I'd love to have all of those. I c- I'm, I'm one of these guys where... I can pass on all the merch until I get like one or two things for whatever reason. And then I'm kind of like, I need to have all of it. <laughs> Give it all to me. Like anytime, like my mom got me a really great gift that I got for Christmas was this huge box. It looks really nice. It's, it's the yellow submarine beetles, but the, but the artwork's beautiful. It looks like the cartoon. Yeah. And it was basically like eight pairs of these really cool, like boutique Beatles fun socks. Oh, cool. But I didn't want to throw the box away. Yeah. I was like, this fucking box is awesome. And it says the Beatles you on it. You wearing the socks? You got, huh? them, you got them on now? I'm Ooh. wearing them right now. Hell yeah. That's cool. Uh, these are characters from the film Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah Some of them awesome. have the Beatles, some of them have submarines. That's cool. But I just put the box up in my kid's room, like on display. Yeah. And it's a fucking sock box. That's awesome. How are you with that? Are you... Like, now that I have those Metallica vans, yeah. I want all the other ones. Now you want more? Um, I just... I want all sorts of things when I see them release cool, unique merch, but then I, like, think about, like money and i'm like i can't just like i can't justify buying that it truly is unfortunate that things cost money it is yeah now if they have like a like a a thing you can click on that says barter something i'd be like hey i'll get this 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 and this and the vans and i'll trade you this uh guild guitar i will trade you nude interpretive dance in slow-mo of of your favorite low deep cuts (laughs) For those vans, just even just one of them, one van. We but, might have a crazy fan that would take us up on that. That's true. Submit your uh, applications. Yeah, every podcast show. Do you as long as you pay for the airfare. Uh, February twenty sixth. So February is pretty packed month. A lot going on. February twenty sixth. I remember this being exciting too. Oh yeah, they announced the North American thirty four city arena tour, including places they hadn't been in thirty years, like Grand Forks, North Dakota. 
places they hadn't been in 26 years, like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, El Paso, Texas, and Birmingham, Alabama, which right. we're going to. And then places they hadn't been in 20 years, like State College, Pennsylvania. I remember the the buzz that week because a lot of the arenas, like the Bridgestone Arena, for example, yeah. here in Nashville, were tweeting shit like that had the glitch logo. Yeah. So a lot of people were like retweeting that and like, holy shit. And there were, on the forums, there was all this like talk of what are the markets going to be? Right. Because yeah. the stadium tour was kind of major markets. Obviously, major markets. St. Yeah. Louis, Chicago, Detroit. Right. Yeah. And uh, Omaha. <laughs> Portland, Maine. Omaha's my go-to small town, even though it's not that small. <laughs> Omaha's a, a cool city. I love Omaha. And you know, the whole Saddle Creek movement yep. is Saddle there. Saddle Creek is there, yeah. So Connor there's that Ober's venue that's right, Eyes. There's that venue that's right next to their offices. I can't remember the name of it. I've played a few times. In Omaha? Yeah. What size? Uh, it's, I would say... Is there a knitting factory there? I don't know if they have a knitting factory there. This place is, I would say, 800. Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it, but I've been there a few times. Okay. Ooh, the slow, no. Who? Oh, well, whatever. Let's keep discussing. I'll look it up. It's going to bother Do we me. really need to know? No, we don't, but it's going to bother me. Okay. Well, I'll keep reading. You keep. look up something that we don't need to know about. <laughs> so it's also the, uh, they announced the Light It Up pre-show with Jim Brewer. So it's the first time they've ever toured with a comedian. Yeah. And I thought that was exciting because I've, yeah. I, I've been looking forward to Jim's set this whole time. We've heard feedback, obviously, with all of our Metal Tail shows. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Jim's set. I'm glad we're getting it several legs in because you know it's going to be, you know, probably as refined as it can be. Yep. Because you know the word was that the first week of it, especially the first show, the Madison show, was pretty slow rough. down. I knew it said slow, slow down, slow there down. We go. All thing? right, all right, everyone at home, keeping Have you played score. there? Yeah. Okay. See, it's relevant. I've played everywhere. I don't care anymore. I've been everywhere, man. What's weird is I'm starting to see like itineraries for rock clubs, like for my friends are playing yeah. in major cities, and they're different. And at first I was like, oh, but I'm realizing now I've been touring for like 15 or 20 years. Yeah. These clubs are either closed or there's a new hot club now. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like people don't hit the same clubs anymore. Yeah. It's weird, it's yeah. It's sad. It's, yeah, definitely sad. Because there, there's still the staples, the classics. Yeah, there are. But there's all sorts of new ones that are sometimes better. Just they crop up all the time. Or, yeah. And clubs close all the time. Yeah, it's very just true. It's a hard business to it's a keep h- open. It's hard business, and especially if you don't have good management. I mean, you know, there's Who clubs knows? that I've been to and played over the years that were like awesome clubs. Great hospitality, all that stuff. But if there's, if there's poor management and they just don't know how to, some guy at the top doesn't know how to run it like a tight ship, it's, it's surprising to see like a really nice club go under. Well, there are like big clubs like. <laughs> Like Webster Hall or the Riviera Theater yeah. in Chicago, Vic Theater, uh, the Paramount Theater in Seattle. They'll probably always be there. Yeah. But like the Double Door, which is a rock club in Chicago right. that I played like eight times, gone. Gone, yeah. Double Door's gone. Uh, I think the Living Room in New York is gone. It's weird. But, you know. I mean, CBGB's gone. CBGB's. I never played there. Uh, I never played there. I saw shows there, but never got to play there. Who'd you see there? I actually saw Reliant K one time before I was in the band. Oh, wow. <laughs> I happened to be there, and I went down and hung out with him and helped film some stuff yeah, for a show. I want to play for you guys one day. Yeah, even though you're younger than me, I'm talking like this. <laughs> um, so, can we get the guy with the funny voice? Yeah. I'll play drums for you. Also announced on this tour, the 34-date arena tour, was the Wherever I May Roam Black ticket, which gives you floor access to any of the shows. So... They only made sold two hundred fifty of them for five hundred ninety eight dollars. Five ninety eight, and that means that if you have the means of travel, 
like our friend Sarah Sobeck and her husband Pete. Yeah, they're pilots. They, uh, I think they went. They're going to go to every show except for the two Canada shows. That's crazy. That already happened. Good for them. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so great. They just sort of found a way. They're they're as diehard as it gets. Metallica also announced that they will continue to raise funds for their All Within My Hands Foundation, which supports a cross section. I'm kind of reading their blurb here. A cross section of uh, national, local, and Bay Area charities, music education programs, and local food banks. So that means in every city that they go to, and they post pictures of this usually in every yeah. city, they they donate like ten thousand bucks. It's amazing to a local food bank. And I saw one person, I saw some dickhead on Reddit, oh, which know. is basically a redundant. I know sentence. exactly what you're going to say. They were like ten thousand dollars. Come on, it's like, dude, they're doing it in every city. Yeah, I hate when someone of of celebrity status or you know they're they're rich people. But it's not enough. Right. It's not enough. It's oh, never only forty thousand dollars. Fuck you, you're rich assholes. Right. Like, come on, dude. Where, what are you putting up? Well, it's just a strange it's a strange way to look at it and it's a it's a false equivalency too. It's like, wait a minute, what do you what's the point you're making? Yeah. That because they're rich, they should give all their money? Like, I don't understand what the logic is. Right, yeah. Well, because they're richer than me, they should give more than that. They should give all of their because yeah, you know all the ins and outs of of what of, of all these donations they're making, and you know all like for it's sure, it's so they, much com- more complicated. Like they sat down with their management, business management, Torben, and were like, "We we want to do this, and how much should we do, and this and that." I mean, I mean, they're playing a shitload of shows on this two on this album cycle. Yeah. They're doing ten like ten grand at least a night. Well, and we're going to get into what they gave more of later too, because they've <clears> gave they've they've been given a lot more too, but. Um, it's their collaboration with CrowdRise. They're encouraging fans to make donations when purchasing tickets to the upcoming shows. Each time they donate, they're entered to win tickets, pre-show party passes, meet and greets, and one lucky winner to be flown to the last show of the tour. So they have all these cool incentives to incentives to make. Why it can't work. they do more? Exactly. Yeah, it's so stupid, dude. It's like I mean, this is on a much smaller level, but like playing these shows out with Rodney. Sometimes after the show, we'll give out drumsticks or picks, or we'll take pictures and. You know, sometimes we're tired or we're out of picks or out of whatever, and people are asking me for my hat or something, and I'm yeah. like, no, no, I'm not going to give you my hat. And they're like, well, that's lame. I mean, I had one guy who was like, I mean, we're the fans, like we're the reason you're here. I'm like, does that mean I have to give you my fucking clothes? Yeah, that's kind of weird. We played the show for you. That's we, what you paid for. The obligation was just to play the show, and we already yeah. did that. I've encountered people like that in all in all the years of touring, where it's like. Hey, can I have that symbol? Like, I'm like, no, like, really? And it's, I guess they think you're rich because you're on a stage and you'll you yeah. just buy a million symbols. That is a very common misconception. Or that drum sometimes. companies give you symbols or whatever their problem is. Even if they do, still, it's it's mine. And of course, that's not everybody, but it's weird how those few people poke out yeah. and rub you, and that's kind of what you go to bed with. Yeah, can the, you can you believe that dude asked asked for my boxers? Well, we had a dude where he wanted my hat. This was recently, and I was like, "No way, dude!" And he was like, "Well, can I at least get a picture?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Can I wear your hat in the picture?" And I said, "No." Yeah, because I think that's gross, actually. Well, and you, you know what he might have done is like put the hat on, take the photo, and just run away. He so he he said, "Let me wear the hat for the picture," and I said, "No, I don't want you to do that." He took the hat off my head and put it on his head. What a dick. And I, I just had to like kind of let it ride, because you know I represent my boss out there. Sure, but it was like you motherfucker. After you said no, after I swear to God, yeah. I, I literally I wasn't like pussyfooting around it. I was trying to just tell him straight, like, dude, I don't want you to do Come it. Come on, man. I don't know what kind of fucking 
oils and creams and crazy shit he puts in his hair. Yeah, seriously. He might be a Dapper Dan man. I'm a fop. I do fop. <laughs> do you know that? I don't know if you... I don't. Oh, uh... I don't want fop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Well, we don't got any fop. We don't got any Dapper Dan here, mister. It's a family establishment. You will watch your language. If you want fop, we can have it to you in two weeks. Two weeks? What is this, a geographical odyssey? Two weeks away why, from everything. Why, why, what is it? I know this. A geographical oddity. That's old brother where art thou? Oh, God. George Clooney. I haven't seen that in so long. Here's Ford Auto Man's Bristol. Hold on now. I don't want this pomade. I want Dapper Dan. I don't care Dapper Dan. I care Fop. Well, I don't want Fop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language, young fella. This is a public market. Now, if you want Dapper Dan, I can order it for you. Have it in a couple of weeks. Well, ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. That's a great movie. He wear he puts gel in his hair. Yeah, but he when he needs Dapper Dan, not Fop. Right. It's a great. It's a great <laughs> I need to watch that movie. It's a again. very specific scene. All right. Okay. Okay. Moving along. Moving along. More I, tour dates. I can hear our fans out there like, just stop it. Just talk about the year. March twenty seventh through April eleventh is the next little run of the European Arena tour dates: Herning, Hamburg, Vienna, Prague, Budapest. Two nights in Stuttgart, where I played last year. Yeah. And Geneva, Switzerland. Those are fun shows. Geneva's a great city. The World Traveler. So expensive. April 13th. This really seems like longer than a year ago. Yeah. The 590 p re-revisited Garage Days was remastered and reissued by Metallica's own label, Black and Recordings. And it was remastered for the most advanced studio quality possible and available in six formats. CD, CD long box, LP on 180 gram black vinyl, limited edition colored LP, and limited edition LP picture disc that covers all the vinyl, and then a limited edition cassette tape. Which I have. I never got the cassette of 590p. <clears throat> I didn't get it when it came out, but uh, our friend Jack O'Shea got it for me on tour uh, not too long ago. He found it in a record store and was like, Ethan should have this. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a really nice gift. I should have bought that long box. Long box would be cool. You know, we gave one of these away to patrons. Yeah. So... We've bought this before. I have, and I bought the LP for me. Yeah, um, I, ha- I have the original pressing still. I wanted to get the colored vinyl, but again, it was like at a time where I was like, I can't afford it. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's still fun though, and the, you know, one of the things that I got around that time is they they um, tied in a lot of like apparel. Yeah. So I got a bitch. You got the hoodie. I got the hoodie. Yeah. And it's awesome. It says uh, it says 1987 on it. It's a the picture from the front. It's yeah. This cool blue font. They made a red one and a blue one, and yeah. I don't even think they make those anymore. That's great. I wear that hoodie like every day. Yeah, you wear it a bunch. I'm not wearing it right now, though. You're not. It's okay. You are wearing the, the snake shirt, though. That's... I am wearing the coiled snake shirt, and I've that, got my... That's a cool one. It's like a stencil, like stencil stra- spray, cool. spray paint kind of thing. I think I got it at Target. Awesome. No, I got it at Hot Topic. Who cares? I don't give a shit. <laughs> you, you, you know where I got my shortest draw t-shirt? Spencer's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Sometimes those places... You know, Spencer's is like one of the only places for a while selling a fixer shirt. Plus, they, Plus, like Head a, yeah. Plus Head did a fixer design of like one of the, it's like a doll, a skull that's a doll with like pins in it, like a voodoo doll. Yes, yes, And totally. it says fixer on it. Yeah. Can you believe they made a shirt for fixer? It's amazing. They haven't even fucking played it live. I know. <laughs> all right, anyway, the 590 p real cool. I still think you can get all that stuff. I still think maybe the, yeah. at least the vinyl and the- On uh, their merch store. And the CD, Metallica.com. April 23rd, Metallica returns for the sixth annual- Metallica night, which is what they do at the for the Giants. Giant Stadium, San Francisco, yeah. 
So Lars, I'm not a Giants fan. Just so you know, I'm a Dodgers fan. Because you're from Southern California. It's a rivalry. Is that a big rivalry? Huge. People literally have died. Like yeah. like gangbangers in L.A. go dodge again. Like like stabbed a Giants fan. It's happened in San Francisco as well. I don't take it that far. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. No, it's it's more. Uh, some people take it way too serious. I think it's just fun. Uh, all right. So Lars threw out the first pitch, and we have a clip here of our beloved Kirky, little Kirk Hamster. Paying playing, tribute to America. Playing the Star Spangled Banner. Fuck yeah, Brantley. Okay. Well, there's that. The Giants, <laughs> just to be thorough here, the Giants played the Washington Nationals, which I didn't even know was a team. Uh, they, do you remember the, remember the Montreal Expos? I remember the Expos. When they got rid of that team, they became the Washington Nationals. So they moved from Canada to Washington. They moved from Canada to America. Oh, became pardon, the Nationals. Pardon moi. I remember the Expos. Marquise Grissom played for the Expos. Yeah. They were one of two Canadian teams, and there was only one left. What was the other one called? Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, Toronto Blue Jays. Gotcha. Yeah. That's crazy when teams change like that. I know. I kind of miss the Expos. They had some really bitching Didn't uniforms, Didn't the Dodgers too. used to be in New York? Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers until 56 is their first season in L.A. What about the Giants? Were they always Bay Area? I think... I know. They actually, I think, were New York, too, originally. The New York Giants. Well, there's a football team called the New York Giants. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain... Someone from San Francisco doesn't correct me. I'm fairly certain they were also based in New York. Please send Ethan all the all, all the, the baseball all the mail. Yeah, totally. Please do that. That'd be amazing. I'm not one of those musicians that like shits on sports, but I could not give a fuck. I know. Uh, I th- whatever it is is fine. Yeah, I think sports are fun. I don't take it serious like the guys. They are that, fun. Like, super fun. But like you know, there's the guys that like if their team doesn't win the thing, no, like can't their it. week or month might be ruined. Can't imagine it. Like See? they treat their family like shit. Like don't talk to me. The fucking. Alabama lost or whatever. Roll Tide. I mean, I grew up visiting my dad every other weekend, and 
you know, he would just be planted in front screaming at the TV. Yeah. I just sort of watched him scream at the TV for a lot of my life. And I mean, I've screamed at the TV before, but like if my favorite team and whatever sport loses, I'm a little bummed. Like, oh, that would have been cool if they would have won the thing. But guess what? Five minutes later, I'm like, okay, cool. Now let's get back to life. Here's what I'm not doing when I only see my kid twice a month screaming at my TV when they're <laughs> right. there. I'm spending time with the kid. Yeah. But he did Unless it. your kid is trapped in the TV. Then I'm literally screaming at the TV and at the t- cable service and at God and aliens and magic and <laughs> Tom Cruise to get my kid out of there. Um, April 26th through May 11th, another jaunt through Europe on the arena tour. We have Munich, Krakow, Leipzig, Oslo. Two nights in Stockholm, two nights, and the second night being the end of the tour in Helsinki on May 11th at the Hartwall Arena. Finland. Now, I remember at that time, no one knew they'd be going back over there for stadiums. Again. So it kind of felt like, all right, bye-bye, Europe. We did it. There's Europe for Worldwide. Right. Like, we had no... I, dude, when they... So anyway, I'm getting a little ahead well, of ourselves. But, 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 to finish what you're saying really quick, when they announced all these U.S. states, mm-hmm. all the kind of B-market cities, right. we thought, this is probably the end of the tour. It's the B-markets. Maybe right. they'll hit Australia New Zealand. Right. We didn't think they were going to go back to Europe again and then up the ante to stadiums. It <laughs> must have gone well enough over here where they're like, we need to take that over there. But it's like something that big, and because you and I have... have um, we have experience in some of this stuff. For something that big it's like they had to have been planning it yeah, or maybe they sure. maybe they sort of had holds with promoters and we might do and this. it was kind of a let's see how the arena tour goes right and i don't have the stats in front of me you you faithful metal podcast listeners out there we'll have to look this up but this is a the thing they broke attendance records yes. on that arena tour in europe yeah like they broke not only their own personal records, including black album shit, but they broke like attendance records at m- almost all of the venues. It's crazy. Like doing the two nights sold out in, yeah. in in wherever they did the two nights, Helsinki, Stockholm, Krakow. They were they were kind of hot on it when it was happening, right? But I think there's a so what po- one of those Stefan Shirazi things, yeah, yeah, where he at the end of the European Arena tour he broke down how many records they broke. It's so crazy. So I bet what happened is they had holds for yeah. stadiums. Once they started realizing they were selling out, Q Prime probably got their asses on it, or William Morris, or whoever books them, yeah, and secured the the stadium tour. Yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna make so much fucking money. I mean, they already have. I mean, wasn't it the end of 2017 that was like the third highest grossing tour? Yeah, it was in the top top five. Yeah, I think Gene Arby number one, right? Or was it no somebody above them, the uh, the Eagles or somebody? Hmm. Someone above Guns. I th- I maybe I think I Guns is like currently getting the gunning for highest grossing tour of all time. Yeah, maybe maybe Guns was number one. I think Guns is still touring the Not in This Lifetime tour. The, yeah, Guns is going to make a new record. I saw something. Was it uh, Richard Fortas that said like a, a new Guns record's coming sooner than you I think, think so, or something yeah. like that? I hope it's good. Listen, if Metallica in their fifties can make Hardwired and it's fucking amazing. I think that Guns can come out with a good record. Well, here's what I'll say. You got Slash in there? Come on. I I, I'm, I hope they get Izzy into right. But, but Wasn't there another article that said like Izzy was going to be involved in that? I can't remember. Like I'm so fucking Who bogged knows? down with uh, rock and roll information or, or, or misdirection and misinformation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, I well, first of all, most people didn't hear Chinese democracy. It's pretty fucking good. So I'll say that. Is it is it appetite or illusion level? No. But what they need to do is do, make an immediate record, yeah. Because that's when guns, that's when they're their best, dude. 
appetite was they just they were in the fire of it. Yeah, it wasn't like let's take twenty years and scrutinize right. over every loop. Well, it seems like Axel has a much better head on his shoulders these days too. I mean, yeah. he's not late for shows. He's he's like, been kicking ass. Even on Twitter, like the only people he's he gets like pissed off at is like Republicans. Yeah, you know? I, I've really enjoyed his rants about yeah. that. He because wished everyone a happy New Year. I mean, come on, what a I, guy! The the reason that his rants are so fun to watch, even from the late eighties and especially the early nineties, is because he had this strange charming articulate thing yeah go read his open letter about not wanting to go to the rock and roll hall of fame it's it's good it's insane like he's insane yeah but he has this strange persuasive articulation to him right he's a smart dude yeah it's kind of like man fuck you for not being there but we understand yeah it's like well i think he's as reasonable as you can be if you're insane yeah and that's that's nice yeah Okay, um, moving along here. We're just moving along, Ethan. Hey, we're almost halfway through the year. Oh my God! Wow, where's the time go? Time flies. It flies right up your butt if you don't. If you don't look. If you don't look out. I know, man. Got to clench those things. Yeah. May twenty third, Metallica and All with My Hands launched their Metallica Day of Service, where they partner with Feeding America and ask fans to volunteer to make a difference in the cities that the band visited on the twenty seventeen stadium tour across America. We That's have cool. a lot of listeners and friends who did that. Yeah. So I guess like if they had played Nashville, yeah. you and I would have gone to like a local food bank. Well, maybe they'll do it at the end of this year or something. Yeah, and you basically just spend the day like organizing canned food. And yeah, they, it was cool. They gave you an all within my hands foundation. I mean, if they, end up, if they end up doing it, and we're both in town, we should absolutely do it. I just think it's so cool that they put such an effort. You know, another another two bands that I really admire. Maybe you can think of more too that have just always tried to make the world better. Yeah. Are, well, three. You two, uh, Pearl Jam, yeah, and the Pearl Dave Jam. Matthews Band. Yeah. They just have always, since they since they became famous at whatever points in their careers, have worked hard to make the world a better place. It's important, man. I mean, there's not a lot of people of that status that use that status for good. Mm-hmm. They kind of get up there, they collect the money, and then they peace. Right. You know, like Metallica, especially. I mean, they're very, you know, they're philanthropists. Philanthropists. That's right. a tough word. It's a hard word. Um, it's the toilet paper word of the day. But their Mom. philanthropy is great. I mean, they, they're they're constantly doing cool things, man. I mean, it's very admirable to see that they're they're using their fame and their money and their power to achieve these things. I totally agree. It's bitching. It makes me really proud. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> June fourteenth. Metallica, along with the Afghanistan National Institute of Music and Dr. Ahmad Sarmast, are awarded Sweden's Polar Music Prize each year. And this is kind of what the Polar Music Prize is. Each year, the Polar Music Prize awards two laureates in order to celebrate music in all its various forms and to emphasize the original intention of the prize, which is to break down musical boundaries by bringing together people from all different worlds of music and... And to promote geographical and musical diversity, we have the clip. So Lars and Robert showed up with their lovely wives. Yeah. And we have the clip here of uh, Lars accepting the uh, award. Here we go. Let's listen to it. Your Majesties, Your Royal Highnesses, Excellencies, Ladies and Gentlemen, Ian and Roger, wherever you disappear to. First of all, I would like to say that what an honor and a privilege it is to share this award with Dr. Ahmad Samast who through his tireless and selfless endeavors is showing the world how connecting people through music can be a, both a transformative and a healing experience.
Who would have thought when Metallica started this musical journey 37 years ago that one day we would be standing in, in front of both musical royalty and actual royalty, accepting one of the most prestigious prizes that can be bestowed upon musicians. You see, the type of music that we played was not supposed to be acknowledged or embraced by the mainstream, the media, or even large audiences. In 1981, when this band formed, I just wanted to play music in a collective setting and feel like it belonged to something bigger than myself. From the beginning, we always felt like outsiders. We always felt like somehow we were not good enough, not cool enough to be accepted by a general musical audience. So we found strength and solace in the little bubble we occupied way out in left field. Then an unexpected thing happened. The mainstream audience began moving closer and closer to the area where the musically disenfranchised, like ourselves, were hovering. And about 10, 15 years later, we found ourselves in the middle of that very mainstream, which we had felt so vengefully ostracized from. So receiving this prize solidifies the idea that no matter how alienated you feel, connecting to other people through music is not only possible, but can be outright inspirational and life-changing. Thank you. The band would like to thank the committee of the Polar Music Prize and especially Marie Ledin for her tireless efforts and her commitment to the principles yes. Yes, on which this award was founded by her father, the great Stig Andersson. Come on. Also, our deepest appreciation goes to our partner in all things Swedish, Thomas Johansson. Yes, indeed. For his belief in Metallica for the last 30 plus years. Yeah. We would also like to thank our brothers, James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett, for, and a big shout out to all the people on our team, our families, and everyone else who has played a part in us standing here today receiving this incredible accolade. And finally, you won't get 25 minutes like when I inducted Deep Purple into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One more paragraph, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, while this award acknowledges Metallica's achievements of the past 37 years, as we stand here in this glorious moment, may the Danish kid in me shout out to the world, look, mom, we're just getting started. Thank you. He's a good, he's a, he's a good uh, speech speaker. Well, they've won lots of awards. He's had a lot yeah, of practice. He writes a good one. No, I mean, it was, it was cool to see Lars in like his cool like white James Bond tux and yeah, stuff. looking good. Yeah, looking slick. I wonder when they have, when like Metallica has to go to something. Oh, you guys, they probably win all kinds of shit. Like, yeah. Oh, you were the number one of the Revolver magazine, Hard Rock, whatever. So someone, they're like, well, does anyone have to go? They're like, uh, this time someone has to go. I wonder how they sort of 
decide, okay, that's going to be Lars yeah. and James, or that's going to be James and Robert. Kirk, can you go do this? I wonder if there's a system in place. I feel like, you know, in, in the last X amount of years, James hasn't really done a lot of that stuff unless it's like the ultimate hand stuff. Right. Even the, uh, this, you know, the, uh, the the Metallica Day at Giant Stadium, it was just Kirk. Yeah. Normally it was Kirk and James playing the National Anthem. And he didn't do the Acoustic for a Cure this year. Oh, yeah, that didn't happen. Him I think Sammy it's because they, they were on tour. Yeah. But, no, and it still happened. He just wasn't there. No, yeah, I mean, he yeah, didn't yeah. go to it. Right. Um, which that's the thing he started with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. I think, I guess, obviously touring schedules and maybe, I'm sure, you know, knowing them, they probably tried to arrange it. Like, hey, can we work this in, this and that? I mean, it's not going to happen. I think even if it's something that they Dave are, Grohl filled in for him. That's right. Yeah. With Sammy. With Sammy, yeah. I think even if it's, this is just a guess from what I've gleaned from my years of immersion here. My guess is even if it's something that they're proud to receive, like this, the Swedish Polar Prize is pretty... prestigious I bet James is like do I have to go still and I bet if he doesn't have to go he doesn't you know what I mean he's I mean he's pretty adamant about like when tour is done it's family time this is the thing too that Ghost performed at or at least Tobias Funke or Funke (laughs) Tobias Forbes Tobias Funke performed as a never nude as a never nude in the blue man painted blue and (laughs) he did the outlaw torn sorry I I Freudianly referred to David Cross's character from Arrested <laughs> Development. Whoops, whoopsie Daisy. But yeah, the, uh, that dude did uh, Inner Sandman. Yeah, there was a lot of great performances from that show. There's um, other some people I didn't even, never even heard of before. But um, yeah, I know they. Yeah, they do. Nothing else matters. I think th- that was the, my favorite one. I think. Right. I remember watching all of them, but you were excited about they do from Ghost. Yeah, I love that band. Speaking yeah. of that European tour, uh, opening support act for that tour, the stadium tour, Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. It's going to be a hell of a bill. It's a good band name, too, by the way. It's amazing no one really thought of it before. Like, Isn't it? Ghost. Isn't that crazy? I know. And they're not that old of a band, too. It's like you'd think there was a... I think a... they became active in, like, 2011. That's that recent? Yeah. Wow. I thought maybe early 2000s, but, I mean, I'm not... No, their first record opus, uh, Eponymous, I believe, is 2011. Wow, crazy. But that dude was in some bands before that. Yeah. He was active in the Swedish metal scene before yeah. that. Yeah. He was in the band Spirit. Uh, he was in uh, the band. He was in Phantom. Phantom. Spirit. Um, uh, Demon. Demon. Monster. Yeah. Lock. Lock. Ness. Fa- my favorite one was Ghoul. My favorite was Yeti. Actually, Ghoul is kind of a good band name. Ghoul. Ghoul. That should be your side project. It rival Lunar Satan. Yeah. Or open for Lunar Satan. There's for sure a band called Ghoul out there, right? Hey, you would have said that about Ghosts seven years ago. True. You know when they were like, hey, maybe let's call it Ghost. And you know they were like, "There's, it's got to be done. And they're like, clickety, click, 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 click. They're like, dude, I can't believe it. You're not going to believe There's this. There's not a band called Ghost. There had to have been at some point, maybe they were defunct and they could use the name or whatever. But I'm sure someone somewhere in a basement somewhere call, or currently call, and currently writing songs as Ghost. Yeah. But, uh, they're like, great, we have to call it Ghosts. <laughs> we have to call it Ghosted. Ghostenheim. Well, we used to be Ghosts. Yeah, but then that other band. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite bands that is really uncool to like was that band Jump Little Children. Oh, and it's they were a North Carolina kind of alternative rock pop band, but it was Jump, comma Little Children. And for whatever reason, on their last record, they they broke up. But on their last record, they tried to just call it Jump. And oh, it just really? Did not work. Yeah, that, that's a band where the comma comes in handy. 
grammar comes in handy with that kind of banding because it's jump little children. Right. Instead it, of jump little children. Jump little children. Like beat them but up. But we still call them jump little children. Jump little children. Yeah. But when you it's see it. It's exhausting though, to say the comma. Yeah. Have you heard of jump little children? <laughs> That's too long of a pause. Someone can be well, like, oh, you know by what, Van Halen? You know what all the fans, the fans all called him jump as, yeah. as sh- for sure. And so right. they thought, metal up. Oh, let's yeah. just try to reboot the whole project. And yeah. Well, can you imagine Metallica putting out a record and it, <clears throat> they change it to Talica? I would like, hate that. It's fun to say, dude, the Talica boys are doing this or blah, blah, blah. But if the record came out and said Talica, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This, what the I hell don't, is this? I don't judge anyone who's ever said Talica, including Mr. Jimmy James Hetfield. Right. All right. No problemo. However, having said that, I have never, nor will I ever, refer to Metallica as Talica. I don't think I've ever done it either. Unless I'm like writing in an email and kind of being ironic. Yeah. I just can't imagine not just go. You're not saving that much time. Four syllables. And Talica is kind of, well, you're only saving meh. You're saving meh. And to me, that's meh. Yeah. Meh. Add up all the mehs in your life and yeah. you have time to smoke one more cigarette before the Grim Reaper cuts your balls <laughs> off. Exactly. Because that's how dying works. The Grim Reaper yeah. comes and cuts your balls it's off. In Bill, even if you're a female. It's in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Where are we at on this? Okay, uh, August 27th, moving right along into the summer. Metallica announces their collaboration with Nixon Watches. So I remember this. Oh, yeah, these you are know, rad. You know what my memory of this is? Whenever they dropped it, morning, noon, night, a day, honey, I wasn't near my computer. And I got a million text messages. Because yeah. we do a Metallica podcast. Yep, me too. Which means now anytime anything happens with Metallica... People text and emo me. You're the only person I'll text if I see something Metallica, and I assume you've seen it. But just in case, I text you. Well, these Nixon watches are, are fucking badass. They're really badass. And um, <clears throat> this is what Metallica had to say about it. it. Says they're the perfect partner for us. Speaking of Nixon, independent, unique, with a focus on creativity and quality. And we've been looking forward to working with them again since our first experience back in 2010. When we teamed up for a series of limited edition rocker watches using old guitar straps and leather jackets from various Talica members, speaking of Talica, there it is to create watch bands with proceeds going to the Musicians Assistance Program, which I believe is a charity that helps pay for rehab for musicians. That's cool. Which I have friends who have actually used that. Amazing. So this included eight hard rocking models plus one special limited edition. So I'll kind of briefly describe some of these. They're not cheap, dude. No, 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 they're not. The Justice model, which kind of has the cracked stone from the cover, two fifty. The Seek and Destroy model has bullets where all the numbers are, and then a flying V for the big hand. Uh, two hundred bucks. The Black Album one's all black. Two fifty. The Lightning one one twenty five. Kill 'em all. Watch it's one twenty five. The Pusshead Damage Ink design one. I might have to get that. I can. I can probably do that for the Pusshead one. Do that for a birthday. It's pretty cool. The Hardwired one for one twenty five. Now this is when we can start to get into some nicer ones. The fifty one thirty Puppets model is five hundred bones. And then the the ultimate special edition one is the fifty one thirty sanitarium watch for seven fifty. I think I can swing that. <laughs> and the watch is like prison uh, bars. Yeah, I think uh, Wes got uh, the black album one. Maybe. Oh, really? He got one. Yeah. Like they gave him one, or he bought one. I think they had a bunch of extra when he was. At, he told me when he was at HQ one time they were doing photos for it or something, okay. and they had a bunch of extra. And they're like, yeah, go ahead and grab one. Really? I'll have to ask him again which one he got. They think it's the black album. Very or, cool. Yeah. That's nice. Nice. Okay, Wes. August 29th, Metallic. This is a kind of a big year, dude. Look at all this it's shit. It's a real big year. We, so a far, lot of product. So far, Vans, the watches, yeah. the garage. Garage, revisited, garage days, merch. And we haven't even covered everything yet. All right. They introduced Blackened Whiskey. 
in collaboration with the late distiller extraordinaire David Pickerel. Rest in peace. R.I.P., man. He passed yeah. away. And yeah. from what I understand, he was young and healthy, and I think it was a sudden, a sudden thing. It's a bummer, man. So we have a clip of their commercial, but they had this to say about that, and I thought this was pretty cool. It says, the collaboration is a perfect match. Legendary in the spirits community, Dave is a chemical engineer who has revolutionized the distilling process with techniques like solera aging and triple finishing. I almost read that as triple fisting. Good God. Whoa. He experienced the power of sound waves during his time as a student and then a professor of chemistry at West Point, home to the world's largest church organ. When the lowest note would reverberate through the walls, the whole building would tremble. It would really shake your guts, Dave says. With that in mind, Blackened isn't just the name of a song on Injustice for All, and now on the bottle, it literally helps to shape the flavor. That's right, the blend of bourbons, rye, and whiskeys from all across North America, carefully selected by Dave himself, are housed in black brandy barrels and inundated with low hertz sound waves, so intense that it actually enhances the molecular interaction and ultimately the finish of the whiskey. So they basically blast music at the barrels of whiskey. Low hertz, I mean, so probably not anything off justice. There's no basement in the Alamo. Ooh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's what it, I thought you were. You're like, there's no base on justice. That's the first thing I thought of. Dotty, I'm a loner, Dotty, a, a rebel. You know that uh, do not do not remove tag. They got on mattresses. Yeah. Well, I got really angry, and I and I uh, I cut one of them off. I, I remember that. That's how he went to jail. Paging Mister Herman, Mister Herman, Herman. There's a telephone call for you at the front desk. Um, they go on to say, I think that's actually pretty cool, though. Like it's it's really it's cool. Super in line with Metallica's whole. We like to do things weird and push boundaries, and and if we're gonna, it's like it's like we were talking about with all the country stars have a bar now. Yeah, the FGA house, the Tim McGraw bullshit, the George Strait bullshit, the fucking Jason Aldean honky tonk yeah. bullshit. Luki, uh, do you know who else has a fucking bar on Broadway now? Kid Rock. Exactly, same yeah. same and bullshit, it's, and it's like the worst name. It's called like Kid Rock's Redneck Honky Tonk. But but from what I understand from my brief insider info about this is that these artists are basically their business managers saying, "Look, this is hot right now. Basically, you buy it. You're the name and the face yeah, of it. Yeah, throw your name on it. But we'll curate it and we'll make it. So you like, don't have, you don't have to go make drinks down there. It's like not there's nothing special about it tied to Tim McGraw or Florida Georgia Line. There's nothing. It's just kind of. It's just their name selling yeah. it. And Metallica could have just done some run-of-the-mill bullshit beer or whiskey right. and put their name on it. But instead, they got this guy who was known as a visionary yeah, who kind of uh, invented ways to age whiskey. He's a professor of chemistry. And who kind of came up with this new method of blasting it with sound waves to yeah. augment the molecular structure of the whiskey itself. That is Metallica. That's so cool. Right? They go the extra mile, man. Right. They really do. Uh, they go on to say, we're fortunate to have a long-time collaboration with Meyer Sound, a company that makes a proprietary subwoofer that amplifies the low-frequency sound waves. They adapted their technology for sonic enhancement using a patent-pending process. The planets aligned. It just so happens that the low-frequency range needed for Dave's vision was the range you hear in our music. We call the sonic enhancement black noise. And the playlists we create help shape the flavor of the whiskey. So cool. They put out this commercial. We're going to hear that now. Let's dip into that. It is the beginning before the beginning. 
it calls to you. Draws you out from the silence. A wanderer into the fray. Into the unknown. A bottomless roar. Pulling you forward. Onward. Into countless nights. Before that blazing dawn. What is it that awaits? You hold it in your weathered hands. In the depths of your bones. Color our world pure black. Here we face the reckoning. It rips through you. The vibration breaks the surface. Here the untamed world lets loose. Craft born of obsession. An existence distilled. A monument for the ones who've come out the other side of the fire. Stronger. Forged by sound. Aged in black. It comes alive. It comes alive. It comes alive. Kind of a weird commercial, but cool. Yeah, totally cool. Um, the visual, if you haven't mm. seen it, the visuals are cool. It's all the all the boys are in it. And... Yeah, go look it up. Just go look up yeah. Black and Whiskey Metallica. It's just shot really well. Uh, now, you can't get these everywhere. It's kind of select cities. <clears throat> so here's what you do. You go to blackandwhiskey.com for a store locator, or you can go to thinklicker.com and spiritedgifts.com. I believe our homie, Chris Yurgis, got a couple of bottles for us and is bringing them to the party. Awesome. So we're going to crack them and just dump them all over ourselves. We're going to literally bathe in them like a like a like a yeah. fawn. I'm going to be at the end of the night of the party. I'm going to be sitting on Gallatin Road on the curb with my feet kind of almost in the lane of traffic just like pouring putting that thing back. I'm going to be sitting on a stone next to uh, Excalibur. Okay. Ooh. And every man in the land has tried to pull that fucking sword. But I'm going to drink a, a nice big shot of blackened whiskey and pull that motherfucker out and cut off a demon's head with it. Yes. Love it. I think, That's you, my I think, plan. I think you just wrote another Lunar Satan song. <laughs> That's and the first verse. My plan is the saddest plan. Um, your, fi- your plan's the real one. Mine is the one in my head yeah. when I'm face down in the gutter on Gallatin Road. Too. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we are going to be doing an episode with Paul Moak. Paul Moak has requested... That we do the blackened whiskey episode with him might be a bit of a dangerous episode. We'll find out. We'll all just sleep at Paul's studio. Yeah, we may have to do it in Paul's guest house so we can actually just go to sleep there. That's true. Moving on to September, September second through the fifteenth is when the North American uh, tour kicks off in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, for these shows, because there were some exciting things, especially on this first little run. Oh yeah, uh, I've noted some of the some of the highlights. So in Madison, and by the way, this also starts our Metal Tales from the Road series. Yeah, this is when that began. Now, if this is somehow your first episode and you've somehow made it this far past all the political talk that we did, which yeah. we usually don't do. Yeah, we don't do that usually. Sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. sorry. I don't give a fuck. Sorry, fuck Trump. What? Um, <laughs> hey. Hey, did you just talk about Metallica, not politics? 
We don't. We're, sorry, we won't, we won't get into politics. Over two hundred plus hours of Metallica. Deal with it. Yeah, we're actually human beings with opinions about shit. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. Um, I'm a neutral. Uh, we started Metal Tales on the Road. Now, if you don't know what that is, basically every show of the North American Arena Tour, we got a fan, usually a patron on the phone, right. and had them burn down their whole Metallica story and the set list, what was cool about the show, yeah. where they, and even tips on like how to get rail access, where it sounds the best, what right, Jim exactly. was like, what the boys looked like, Kirk falling oh, the, down. Uh, a lot of people I talked to would, uh, had a bunch of the Inner Night beer. The inner night beer, yeah. the um, enhanced experiences, yep. the people who met the boys, the people who had the unforgiven experience, the fucking spit out the bone buffet. We heard from all of our fans on every show. Yeah. So that's really fun, especially if you were at one of these shows. Right. So Madison, uh, we got Cyanide and Last Caress. Those are the two notable ones. Now, Minneapolis was kind of a mind blower. Yeah, this one was awesome. We got Harvester of Sorrow, Bread Fan, and then No Leaf Clover. And we've decided as a treat to you guys... Uh, we're going to listen to the, the... So, basically, another thing you get with a ticket to this tour, and this is going to be the same for the European tour, right. you get a, a free download for the live Metallica MP3s of the show yeah. that are mixed and mastered by the same team that mixed and mastered Hardwired. Yeah. So this shit sounds good. So we actually have that version of Nilly Clover. We're going to listen to it right now.
I'm so glad they played that song. I feel like Minneapolis got a kick-ass set list because that was one of the few cities they did twice. Philadelphia was twice, like an arena, and well, the, the, yeah, the, they basically started the hardwired cycle in Minneapolis. It, that's where they debuted hardwired the song. Right. Yeah, right. So going back to Minneapolis on the same cycle, they're like, well, we got to pull out some other stuff. It's an interesting theory. Uh, here's here's the here's the bad news that we learned in real time is we thought that that slot, the No Leaf Clover slot, was going to be just a wild card slot. Yeah, it didn't really turn out that way. Could have though. And maybe it was supposed to, but... Well, here's the deal. We're kind of jumping the gun a little bit. So the next night, they pulled out the next biggest mindfuck. Actually, this might be the biggest mindfuck of the whole tour, is they played Unforgiven 3. Yeah, which hasn't been played in they've a only while. Been played, they've only played that like 10 times. Right. No, Leave Clover got a lot of love during the S&M era. Sure. And when I saw them in 2000, 2001, they were still playing that. It was a hit. Yeah. Um, I have a clip. We have a clip of this too. Should we listen to this? I mean, I don't mind. Okay, well, let's listen to Unforgiven Three. Why not? Sure. If you don't like it, skip it. You can skip it.
I mean, yeah. It's just a treat to hear it. I, I would love, I mean, there's so many songs, I mentioned this so many times, there's so many songs I would love to hear in the set list in Nashville or Birmingham. And I hope we get a treat like that. Something, you know? Nashville is a town filled with music celebrities. It's similar to LA. It's yeah. similar to New York. It's similar to, I don't know, Austin. Is it possible there's going to be a guest? It's a common thing to do in Nashville in general. Most people Nashville that, usually have guests. Last time they played Nashville, they brought out Lemmy. Yeah, and well, he's not even from there. Obviously, he was you know, yeah, based so what, in L.A. He, they just probably thought I don't know. Maybe they thought was, was Motorhead in town or something. I don't know. Maybe Motorhead was playing that, or they could have been. We ought to look and see who else is playing, like uh, around that time. Around like you know, we ought to look into the Ryman. I mean. We are hosting a party the night before. Maybe they'll have us on stage. They haven't asked me to come play Blackened with them yet, but I would be so. I'm waiting to play for Blackened my pager to blow up. Honestly, if they if you, we got an email and said, "Hey, we want you, to, Clint, we want you to play rhythm on Blackened," I'd be, I, I, I'd be terrified. I, I would hope they would say, "Look at the set list. What would you want to play on?" I would hope they would ask me because I You're would like de- last caress. <laughs> I would definitely choose like bells or. I, I could do creep, yeah, confidently, yeah. Uh, but I would be like bells, creep, or Sandman. I could probably. I, I I wonder if I could. I could do comfortably do like puppets. Puppets is one of the hardest ones for me. It's like ten minutes long. To me, blackened is like a little little harder. Blackened is super hard. Yeah, it's really hard. They're not going to do Sandman because that's the big ending. They're not going to fucking highlight us for their big ending. This isn't going to happen anyway. We're just having fun. <laughs> It'd probably be Bells, though, because Bells is yeah. just easy. Dead it, dead it, gone. Yeah. You just hit those diamonds. You can walk around and put your hands up. Right, and, yeah. You know. And go, thank you. Thank you. Make his fight on the thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, why does why does that guy from the podcast keep thanking the crowd over and over? I, I, I would feel comfortable with Sanitarium. Yeah, whatever. I hope they don't, I don't play know. Sanitarium. Really? I'd rather get Fade or Halo. See, I'd rather get Sanitarium. Than Fade? I, well, I, I think we got it twice. Or I got it twice. Yeah, we did. I, I got know. it twice. Yeah. That's true. Hey, That's listen, true. They can play whatever. I'm, I'm just going to play be, whatever. I'm going to be stoked to be there. If they could either do No Leaf Clover or Unforgiven 3, what would it be? Ooh, I... Mm, that's a tough one. Um, I'd probably go Unforgiven 3. What about Harvester versus Shortest Straw? Shortest Straw. What about Disposable Heroes versus Leper? Disposable Heroes. Yeah. Which, that's not really fair. They haven't played that on this tour. They have played Leper. Yeah. What about Phantom Lord versus No Remorse? Uh, I think I would like to hear No Remorse. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. God, I like both of those. I do too. Both of those would be so fun. Oh, yeah. 
Like the deepest cut. Well, all right, moving on here. Um, in Grand Forks, they played Ride the Lightning, Dream No More, mm. which I believe is the only appearance of Dream No More in the North American Arena Tour, and Motor Breath. Sioux Falls, they got Whiplash. Winnipeg, they got Rome, which, believe it or not, is rare for the Arena Tour. It has been, yeah. Rome was a staple in the stadiums, but in the arenas it was rare. Saskatoon got Harvester and Hit the Lights. September 6th, awesome. pre-orders for the Justice Box set are announced, and there was a fun unboxing video by Kirky Kirk. Yeah, that's a good one. We have a video of that here, do we not? Are we going to watch the video on the podcast? No. Let's just move on. Okay. No, you're right. <laughs> um, it's fun. Like He just unboxes it. What's cool is um, he, he every show he pulls out, like them at the Odeon, Smith or whatever, right. he's like, oh, I remember this show, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Troubadour show that we reviewed. Oh, I remember this show before the Monsters Rock. Like we a, were hammered. Yeah, it's like a it's a little trip for Kirk down memory lane. You can it's, tell like he hadn't really seen the shit in it. He, he looked I'm, really surprised I'm by sure the content. I'm sure he saw some of the like rough drafts or something, or like, hey, this is kind of what we're going for, cool. But that was his first time seeing the actual thing, and you know, he he seemed genuinely excited to, to thumb through all that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. So just go look it up. It's on the thing. Yeah, the thing. It's on the fucking evil thing. Go it's look the at thing. it. It's thing.com. You know what I'm so tired great of? Movie. I'm what movie? The thing. I just got it on Blu-ray. Just watched it by myself the really? other night. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you know what? Practical effects. No CGI. And yeah. that's why it's so scary. I agree. I think older horror movies with practical effects are scarier. They're scary. Even if the, even if the effects real. are mildly cheesy, it still, to me, makes it more scary. Because it's real. Yeah. And <sighs> CGI, dude. We were on the bus the other day, and the Lord of the Rings movies, one of those was on. Yeah. And, you know, I like those movies. I like Peter Jackson. I love Tolkien. Sure. I, when those were coming out, I was fucking blown away. Yeah, same. The CGI looks like shit. There's some stuff, it, it, not a lot of it holds up well. The Battle of the Ents, it was, so it must have been Two Towers, but the Battle of the Ents, those tree things. Yeah. It looked, it looked like an Atari. It just looked like... <laughs> the 2600. It just took you out of it. Yeah. Now, The Thing, for those of you who don't know, is a remake of a 50s movie called The Thing from Outer Space. John Carpenter's The Thing. It's about an alien that basically takes on the DNA and clones itself after whatever it consumes. Yeah. So there's these scenes where it's like turning into a dog because it's in this, it starts out, it's in this dog. Yeah. And then it's like gets on a guy and it's just recreating, like, so they pull this dog open and in the dog is like another creature. It's so weird. The effects are so crazy and it, it, it holds up. This is like 1980. If not earlier. It's the 80s. Is it early 80s? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was 80s. late 70s, but... Um, it's just fucking amazing. My and it's da- and my- it's super... Halloween is 78. Halloween 78? And that's John Carpenter. Okay. My, I remember my dad showing me the thing when I was really young. Yeah. And I was terrified. It's scary. It's super scary. Well, I gotta tell you, watching it as a 35-year-old the yeah. other night by myself, still scary. Was it... Um, who's the main star? Is it, is it Kurt, Kurt... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of John Carpenter's shit. He did Escape uh, from L.A., Escape yeah. from New York, Big Trouble in Little China. Did John Carpenter do that? Yeah. Really? That's Carpenter. Crazy. He did, well, we're moving out of Kurt Russell, but he did The Fog. He did They Live. Yeah. He did uh, um, Assault on Precinct uh, 13. Wow, crazy. Great movie. That's insane. I need to get on a John Carpenter kick. They Live was the wrestler guy. Mickey Rourke? Uh, I don't think it's Mickey Rourke. But a famous wrestler was the lead actor. Oh, a famous! I thought you meant from the movie The Wrestler. No, 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 no. They Live is about 
these aliens come and the only guy that can see them he wears these special sunglasses. Wait, was it Ryder Roddy Piper? Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I, I don't because I don't know wrestling that well. I, I will I will support you looking this one up. I'm gonna look at it. Really. This this should be pretty easy. But the thing is, there's a great quote uh, from that movie when he's talking to the aliens and he goes, "I came here to kick ass and chew gum." Yeah, that's Ryder Roddy Piper. I've seen that clip. Yep, Roddy Piper. So the line is, "I came here to kick ass and chew gum, and I'm out of gum." Yeah. Um, John Carpenter also by the way a great musician he he scores all those movies yeah I mean his Halloween stuff alone is so good and he scored that yeah. he wrote that it's crazy we could talk about that for a long time alright well where are we at here Ethan? September 24th the European Stadium Tour is announced starting May 1st 2019 again in Lisbon Portugal which is where they started the arena 25 tour 25 more cities 25 cities across 20 countries Support acts Ghost and Bocasa, which I've not heard of Bocasa. I haven't either. First ever European wherever may roam black ticket, so they're doing the black oh, ticket cool. there. It allows you golden circle access, which I don't know what that means. Golden circle. So I, I imagine at the stadium, it's like hmm. a snake pit probably. Like outside the snake pit. Oh, it's the, well, it's the stadium tour again, so. That's probably what they're calling the golden circle, which is probably, I'm guessing, a circle. The snake pit. No, Weird. it's probably not Snake Pit. Well, well, same idea though. Like you're within the the ego ramp area. So it is Snake Pit. I'm, I'm not calling it the Golden Circle. Maybe they pee on you. Do black tickets get you? Well, see, the black tickets only only been arenas, so there's not been a Snake Pit so yeah. far. Maybe, I was say, maybe do they get a, you Snake Pit. Maybe but. there's another. Maybe maybe there's going to be a Snake Pit. and There's this other area. Maybe it's a circle of urine. That's what I was saying. Or maybe Lars just pees on you at the end of the show from the stage. Instead of spitting for his an drink. extra thirty five hundred dollars, Lars will pee into your mouth. Yeah, isn't that great? Mm, yum, little different, yellow, Lars, <laughs> yellow, <laughs> yellow. As long as <laughs> now, they must have really sold out of those two hundred fifty black tickets real quick because for the European run, they're selling seven hundred and fifty first five hundred ninety eight euros. Which what is that? What's the difference there? You you you're that's, a world traveler. That's, tr- that's cheaper actually. Like what's the what's the dollar value? Right now, I'm not year. sure. But like, no, it's not that bad. <clears throat> um, but like, if if you take our UK, our our European listeners right now are like these fucking idiots. <laughs> totally. Um, I'm actually on the Swiss franc. Um, <laughs> if you took five hundred ninety eight dollars and converted it to euros right now, you would get less than five hundred ninety eight euros. Okay, great. Well, that's helpful. That is our <laughs> geographical <laughs> mathematical lesson for the day, everybody. If you take money to Europe, you'll get less. Yeah, cool. September 26th, Metallica <clears throat> plays Dream Fest at City Hall at the City Center. The Civic Center Plaza benefiting UCSF, Benioff Children's Hospitals. So again, they're give, these motherfuckers are given to children's hospitals like the heroes that they are. Amazing. October 6th and 13th, they headlined the ACL Fest at Silker Park in Austin, Texas. We did Metal Tales from the Road for both of those. Yep. Go check them out. Love them. Love them so Live much. It, love it. Wear it. Love Austin. So many food trucks. Honey, keep Austin weird. You can go to a Vietnamese food truck and order Vietnamese pho. Oh, it's great. Honey, you get a pho. It's got half an egg in it. Have you had pho? It's so good. I have it's a like lot a of soup. fun when I eat pho. It's like a beautiful brothy soup. Mm. It's not creamy like a curry baby. <laughs> I love curry babies. <laughs> October 16th through the 29th, they continued the North American tour. Milwaukee got Harvester and Motor Breath. Pittsburgh, Rome and Whiplash. State College, Pennsylvania got Holier Than Thou and Halo, which is kind of rare on the arena yeah. tour. 
Charlotte got through the Never, Motor Breath, Philly Harvester, Day That Never Comes, and Phantom Fucking Lord. Mm-hmm. Buffalo got Leper Messiah in Rome. Albany got Confusion and Fight Fire. All right. Fun. Good for all of use. Good for you guys, especially if you got uh, the Holier Than Thou. I want to see that one. Mm. Yeah. They posted a video of that. Yeah. Like the, it, the mixed one. And it was good. Real good. <clears throat> yeah. The crap rolls out your mouth again. What a great riff. Awesome. Short and sweet. Mm. Oh, that black album. Oh, you know. Oh, you. The album you, covered in black. You black and none more black. <laughs> oh, it's so f- uh, lovely. Smell, smell the glove. <laughs> it's sexist. What's wrong with sexy? What's wrong with being sexy? November 1st. Now, we're going to do a whole episode on this, but there is an in-depth interview that dropped with famed Rolling Stone and rock critic, guy that looks exactly like Roger Waters, David Frick, interviews the band about Injustice for All. Now, it's in-depth. It's long. We're going to do a whole episode yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We have so to. So cool your jets. Just relax, everybody. November 2nd, they released the Justice box set. Yay. Also, sadly, on that day, coincidentally, is the day that Dave Pickerell, the black and whiskey guy, passed away. That's crazy, I know. So I'm sure that was a bittersweet day well, for him. Lars them. made a really, really nice, heartfelt post about that on, on, on Instagram. He did, yeah. He's saying, you know, they, they, you know, obviously they weren't friends for a long time, but made a, made a fast friendship out of that whole partnership with the whiskey. And uh, yeah, what such a bummer, man. It's pretty clear that, I mean, James came back on Instagram for a minute and then immediately split. Yeah, he did. But it's pretty clear that Lars runs his own Instagram. Oh, yeah, he for sure does. Which is makes it really fun. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he could give James some tips. I mean, he seems to have a pretty good balance with his personal life. I don't know. I mean, Lars, Lars will just jump headfirst into a, a, a crowd, you know, like whether it be on social true. media or, or whatever. He, I think he likes he likes to be immersed in that kind of stuff. You know, there haven't been many of those Beats episodes lately. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. The It's Electric with Lars. Yeah. Ulrich. Those are fun. I only heard the one the interviews that they put on... Uh, on YouTube? On YouTube. I haven't yeah. heard, like, the radio show. The Dave Grohl one's great. That one's really fun. They're all so good, they just make me sad, because it's like, they're all friends. Like, the Noel Gallagher one's great. Oh, that's a they're talking about how they all love you, too. I'm like, I... Cause I, you know, I don't. Well, I don't know if you know this. I'm a massive YouTube. Fan. I love YouTube. Yeah. Like I could talk real. I could do a YouTube podcast. You should. So hearing Noel Gallagher and Lars geek out about YouTube, I'm like, damn it! If I was there, we would be friends. Cause I'd be able to hang with this fucking call it combo. podcast, bloody podcast. There've got to be a million YouTube podcasts. There, we thought there was a million Metallica podcasts. Surely there was, right? My new idea, and I'm not kidding, is I want to do an Entourage podcast. About the show? Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. That's one of my least favorite shows. Yeah. Sorry. If you were going to really ask me to it? do it. I, I didn't in depth, but I, I, I've watched numerous episodes, and every time I watched it, I was just annoyed. Mm. And I'm not, and I take that back. It's not one of my least favorite shows. That's not true. I can't say that w- without watching the whole thing. Well, you don't have to watch all eight episodes, or eight seasons, I mean, but. Um, most people who I'll say this. Most people who have that knee jerk reaction that you just had, they it's it's a narrative about the show and they haven't seen it. It's about a bunch of douchebags in Los Angeles. It's not really about that. Right. It's about it is about these dudes who when they go there, they don't know who they are, they're empty. Yeah. And it really is the story of them becoming human beings. Well, I mean, I love Jeremy Piven. Always he have. Is so he plays Ari Gold. It is yeah. a beautiful performance. Yeah. I can't. Okay, I'll say this: the episodes I have seen, I was I didn't care for. I was really annoyed by them. 
I can't make a fair assessment of the show until I actually watch the whole thing, I think. Or at least uh, watch a couple seasons. Well, there are a bunch of young, vapid dudes in L.A. Yeah, like so there's aspiring actors, right? Well, there's one. Who, Vince is, is an actor, and Vince, his brother yeah. is a failed actor, okay. Johnny Drama. Yeah. Kevin, but they're all best friends from Queens. They yeah. all grew up super rough on the streets. But Vince, the good-looking one, became a big actor. And they kind of all mooch off him. They're his entourage. Yeah. Kevin Connolly plays E, short for Eric, who's his manager. And then there's Turtle, who's kind of the driver. He's like yeah, the yeah. bitch boy. Okay. And then Ari's Vince's agent. Yeah. So it's just all them together and all the fucking adventures they get into, the ups and downs. And it's the story of them. It's the spiritual journey of this entourage of douchebags yeah. becoming human beings. Okay. Is this didn't didn't Mark Wahlberg create it? Mark Wahlberg is the executive Isn't producer. Isn't it about his life kind of? Ooh, I don't think so. I thought I you would know, I wouldn't, I guess. I thought I've I heard never at heard some that point that it, it was like loosely based on him becoming famous. It, he's the executive producer. Okay. And he's in some like he's involved. Yeah, yeah. But I think he just basically found it and paid for it. It's oh, okay. written by Doug Ellen. Okay. And uh, I don't think I don't think it's about Mark Wahlberg. Maybe I'm thinking of his chain restaurant called Wahlburgers. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. That's about. a real thing. No, I know yeah. that Don is Donnie involved. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the brothers. That's the brothers Wahlberg. But but Mark's not involved with that. Is no, he? I think both of them are. I think they started it together. Really? But Mark's in the show, the reality show, making hamburgers. Oh, is there? There's a reality show, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, I think it's the the other brothers. Okay, Mark Wahlberg's a pretty pretty. Yeah, big but movie I thought I, I thought as far as like the burger restaurants go, like he was an investor. He probably investor paid for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, Donnie's no slouch. He's got. You think New Kids on the Block are making a little bit of money at their shows? Those motherfuckers are still rolling in money. Well, they just started playing shows again, right? Well, they've been they've been back playing shows for like ten years. Really? Yeah. They what do they do? Like big? They you know what they probably do big like private events for like the King of India. But they do they, probably that too. No, they, I mean they sell out arenas. What? They, dude, they started doing this thing. No it's like goldmine. It's like they do a New Kids on the Block headlining tour. And the openers are like this one. There's another one coming. My, my wife was talking about it. It's like New Kids on the Block, Salt and Peppa, Tiffany. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like all these huge 80s artists that were very popular back then. And New Kids are the headliners. They do the New Kids on the Block cruise. Did you ever see Tiffany's Playboy spread? No. Me neither. I read, I read about it. Liar. I read about it in a book. I didn't. She lives in Nashville. She, oh. she runs like a boutique somewhere or something. I saw it on like... Oh, Jesus. You're telling me there's a boutique in Nashville? Isn't that crazy? Let me guess. It's either in 12 South or East Nashville. Why is there not Green a Hills. place... Maybe we can start one and make a bunch of money and not have to like go on tour at all. Maybe we can start a place called The Boutique. Okay, and it's boots? It's like it's like, it's like like artisan boots and like stuff that like you know uh, bachelorettes would love. It could be right off Broadway. We make a bunch of money on it. I know that over in Green Hills, there's a Billy Reed, and I was playing like a some private event, acoustic event at Billy Reed, which is a clothing store. Yeah. And in between sets, I was sort of just moseying around. And I picked up this. It was just a little T-shirt, just a little rinky-dink bullshit yeah. T-shirt. I was like, oh, it's cool. It was six hundred dollars. Fuck. And I was like, I'm putting this back before I fucking sneeze on it. Oh my gosh, six hundred dollars for, for a, a fucking T-shirt. Co- and I'm, I think cotton. it had, I think it had a hole in it. Cotton. It had a hole where your neck and your head I go. I don't know where we are now. Oh, uh, we just talked about, yeah, November 2nd. Uh, okay, November... Just box set passing of David Bigrell. <clears throat> November 3rd, Tangent City, Jesus. The, was the All Within My Hands acoustic benefit concert and auction at the intimate Masonic Auditorium on Knob Hill. Knob Hill. Before the show, 
A silent auction took place featuring a myriad of opportunities and articles from Dinner with Lars, Dinner with Torben, which our friend Chris won, That's which right. he's taking us to, by the way. We're still trying to sort that out. And custom-made Robert Trujillo Benedushi boots at the Boutique. At the Boutique. Two personal stage shout-outs from James at Future Gigs. KG Elephant opened. There was an eight-piece... Bi- Dude, this show is so It's cool. really cool. An eight-piece band, which I've kind of been dying to see Metallica do this, were to basically fill in the band. Was this kind of S&M too? Um... Uh, no. Well, it wasn't a symphony. S&M so. was like an 80-piece symphony yeah. or something. But this is so they... So here's who they had. And you guys need to go check this out. Um, they're going to release it on vinyl. We'll talk about that later. But So they had uh, Avi Vinegar on guitars and mandolin, David Phillips on pedal steel, Henry Salvia on keys, and Cody Rhodes on percussion. Avi, David, and Henry formerly played with James at the Acoustic for a Cure in 2016. So basically, it just filled it all in. They're all doing kind of... Um, you know, uh, utility musicians. Yeah, stuff. It, it made the whole thing sound very kind of folk Celtic. Like, it was cool. It wasn't just like let's just play the songs exactly the same acoustic. Well, it's just nice to have a guy in Perk World doing a shaker and yeah. maracas or a um, a tambo. Well, and like a lot of these were, were like kind of what we've done on the cover. You'd be like reimaginings yeah. of the songs. Well, we're gonna hear. Um, is that coming up now? Do we have that here? No, that's coming later. Uh, we're gonna hear a clip of one of the tunes that that when I was first watching the show. I didn't even know it was this song in question until James yeah. started singing. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, we, d- we did a uh, Metal Tales from the Road with this, too, by the way, with our friend UJ. That's right. So go check that out for the details. The auction was cool. Um, so there's that. Uh, do we have more info here? Uh, they raised over $1.3 million. $1.3 million. Dollars. In one night. And Chris paid all of that just to have dinner with Torben. Yep, he paid all that. That's all that. Yeah, and they, uh, they, wanted, uh, they said here the funds will be used uh, to work with partners at Feeding America and the American Association of Community Colleges. As All Within My Hands continues to tackle the issues of hunger and workforce education and work uh, to create sustainable communities. So it seems like a lot of what they're doing, like, they'll go to, like, local fire stations and stuff. Yeah. So they work with local food banks, local fire stations, and local community colleges. So it's kind of all about strengthening a community so yeah. it's awesome it's just i don't really see a lot of emphasis on that so it's cool it's not like you know a lot of people do go do like saint jude's which right. provides like cancer medication and research for kids yep that's like a big one saint everyone of knows course, saint yeah. jude's is the big thing for kids right memphis. um do what it's in memphis Mem- oh is that where they're based out of saint jude's is in memphis yeah. oh really yeah oh, i didn't know that cool it's basically local tennessee I thought you were just saying in Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> Walking in Memphis. <laughs> Helping the kids in Memphis. St. Jude's in Memphis. November 16th, more charity shit. Responding to the historically devastating wildfires in Northern and Southern California, Metallica donates 50 grand each to both the North Valley Community Foundation and the LA Fire Department Foundation, both agencies providing service to victims at evacuation centers and other much-needed relief. This is the one I was trying to think of earlier where I saw them post about it and I was reading through the comment section on Instagram, which is a bad, bad mistake, and that was some dickhead was like, that's all you're going to fucking donate, you assholes? Right. Fuck you. How much did you donate? I think it's cool that they gave a hundred grand to... A hundred thousand dollars. But but it's like anything else. What the hundred the hundred grand does more than just actually meet 
like physical needs, monetary needs. Right. It raises awareness. It brings publicity on the fires. Yep. It inspires and encourages other people to get involved. Yeah. There's a ripple effect there that's larger than the money. Well, here's the thing. Honey. Even if Metallica don- donated $1 million to each station. Pinky to the... Pinky to the... $1 million. $1 million. Even if they did that, there'd be some dickhead out in the world that'd be like, oh, that's it? It doesn't matter the amount. Right. Right. It does not matter. It could be a dollar. It could be $10 million. Oh, that's all. I think unless James is like, I'm giving all of my personal wealth to the fire cause. Yeah. There are those people who be like, okay, well, okay. We can't, we can't argue. He's like, I need to move into your basement with you now. Can't argue with that one. I have to move into the basement of the guy criticizing me on YouTube now because <laughs> yeah. I gave all my money to the well, fire. My family left me because I gave away all of our stuff. Do you want to go through the next thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is just the next leg of the tour, uh, November 26th to December 9th. This is Las Vegas, Boise, Salt Lake, Spokane, Portland, Sacramento, and Fresno. Uh, we've done Middle Tales and all these. You can go listen to them. Uh, so the notable songs, Vegas, Harvester, and Hit the Lights, Boise, Horseman, which is awesome, Salt Lake City, Through the Never, and Fight Fire with Fire, Spokane, Leopard Messiah, Confusion, Day That Never Comes, Portland, Holier Than Thou, and No Remorse, Sacramento, Short of Strong Confusion, and Fresno, Ride the Lightning. I'd love to see Ride the Lightning. Yeah. I don't know how they're choosing that. It's, oh, yeah. They only played it like three times. I wonder if like, an assistant walks in the tuner with with a jar, like kind of like the way we were doing the uh, the pit contest years ago. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. We can say that now. That's true. Uh, just a, a, a jar of songs, and they pull it out like, oh, I guess we're doing Ride the Lightning. Have you seen that video of Kirk talking about Ride the Lightning? Uh, maybe. I don't know. We have to put it on here. Okay. Let's listen to it. Okay. Where's Ride the Lightning? Where's Ride the Lightning? Why is it on the list? It's not voted for. Why? Because these people have said... Who didn't vote for Ride the Lightning? Tell me right now. All those people out there. I want you to go out there and ask them fucking why. One day I want to fucking play it. Fucking Ride the Lightning. Fucking Unforgiven 2. Fucking Saint Anger. Fucking Dips. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. You, I'm glad. I, I, think, I, I think it's funny now. I think you will too at a later date. <laughs> um, on the 27th, Metallica announces the pre-order for the All Within My Hands concert on vinyl called Helping Hands Live and Acoustic at the Masonic. It's a limited edition, 140 gram colored vinyl. Proceeds go to All Within My Hands. Of course they do. Also available on two discs mixed by Greg Fiddleman. It's going to be available February 1st. Here's the set list. Disposable Heroes, When a Blind Man Cries, The Unforgiven, Please Don't Judas Me, Turn the Page, Bleeding Me, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, Nothing Else Matters, All Within My Hands, Sandman, Four Horsemen, and Hardwired, and we figured we'd play for you guys their version of Disposable Heroes. I love this version. It's amazing. Loves it. Loves it. Here we are. Here we are, y'all. I'm not nervous at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay, nothing to be nervous about. We're all gonna have some fun here.
pretty badass. It's different, you know? So and it's it makes, way different. I saw on the forums, which can be just a horrible place sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, people giving them shit or calling them lazy or something are crit- criticizing something, criticizing the settlers or something. And one of the mods who I guess works, he's in the inner circle at HQ and yeah. stuff, was like, this, you guys just have no idea how hard the band worked on this show. Just, I mean, that Disposable Heroes, which we just heard, is a p- perfect example. Like, it's so different from the original. It's not easy to take a song you know and wrote so long ago and rearrange the entire thing with a completely different feel, singing it differently. That's not easy to do. Well, and and adding know, a bunch of musicians too. But yeah, I was going to say they. I think it's a version that they actually have played before. They've cooked that up before. Sure, but for like um, Farm Aid or something. But yeah, it's like they got all these other dudes in the room. They're in between a mega massive tour, in yeah. between tour dates. They've got a ton of shit to worry about. Press, they've got their whiskey, their reissues, their box sets. They're approving this. They're doing press for that. And to really get together to try to make that show, which by the way, they're making no money from. They're raising over a million dollars to give to fucking charity. Yeah. And then it's just it's just like kind of a thread of a little bit of what we're saying on this whole episode. There's going to be some fucking guy on a fucking internet forum. Well, the set list was really to to you know not inspired. It was, it was lacking so much. Or people criticizing what you know what the auction was to go to dinner with Lars, whatever it was, thirty grand or something. Yeah. Or you pay something and you can interview James. Well, or guess what? Somebody bought it, and guess where that money goes. Not to Lars. Right. It goes to charity. <sighs> Who gives a shit what the price is? If someone bought it, it goes to a good thing. So be happy for I that. have a reasonable um, pass, pacifying solution for this. Those people, right? The people we speak of, generally, yeah. colloquially speaking, let's just execute them. Wow. What do you think? Mm, I'm, I mean, I don't want to be the one to do it. Well, me neither. We'll just pr- press a button. <laughs> You know, and they just, you know, like a psychological go. experiment where it's like, would you, would you actually kill somebody? Most people say no, but if you pre- as you distance yourself from the agency, well, you press a button that starts like a Goldberg uh, mechanism that eventually kills somebody. Goldberg the wrestler. All right, what's our last item of twenty eighteen? December eleventh, two thousand eighteen. Through all within my hands, Metallica donates. I'm guessing this isn't one dollar. <clears throat> might, be, might be a typo. A million dollars in grants to 10 community colleges supporting more than 1,000 students training to enter America's workforce. These students will become the first group of Metallica scholars. So they're giving 10 different community colleges $100,000. 100000 Yeah. So it's a million dollars total. Total. This is what I'm guessing they're doing with the bulk of the proceeds from the, the, show. the, the benefit show. Yeah. It's amazing. I so mean, they're these basically dudes... investing a million dollars in education, but at the level of the community college. It's not this, you know... Which I think is great, because that's where... I mean, I went to community college. I mean, that's I where you can't afford college. So you go there. Right. And you still, are, you know, you're getting your credits, you're getting your GED and stuff like that. But those are the, to me, the in, co- in the college world, those are the students that are, you know, probably struggling a little bit more and can't yeah. afford to get the Absolutely. nicer, nicer class. That's what I like about it, too. It's not part of the bureaucracy or, or it's not aristocratic. We're going to donate this to Yale. Exactly. <laughs> Harvard Law. The Metallica Scholars graduated from Harvard Law and 
Yeah, they're not going to donate to Vanderbilt here. You know what I mean? They're, like, they're going right. to donate to like a community college, and that's amazing. I love yeah, it. It's great. I mean, these dudes go way above and beyond. I mean, we've talked about this before, but just their music that they make it has, in my opinion, made the world a better place. Yes. And has probably saved a lot of lives, mine included. And they do even so much more than that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Again, they go above and beyond every time with everything they do music, videos. Uh, charity work, all sorts of stuff, box sets. It's not just like, here's the re- uh, remaster version of Justice. No, here, motherfucker, here's a fucking. I I don't know of a, another band that I I mean, you know, my favorite bands are Kiss and Pearl Jam and Radiohead and Dave Matthews and all that shit. Everyone knows what my favorite music is. I don't know another band that does this. Yeah, like even bands that are are legacy age bands, right. Van Halen, Kiss, um. Sabbath, Maiden, are they putting out this kind of in-depth celebrations I mean, of the 30th anniversaries n- of their records? Not this in-depth. I don't think so, man. They may put out a reissue. Sure, remastered, whatever. Uh, it may be an extra record or disc of like demos or something. I know Pink but... Floyd did do these things called like immersion box sets. Right. They did one for Dark Side and for Wish You Were Here that came with like... Some live shows, dim like and demos, yeah. Of, which that's exciting for Pink Floyd fans, sure, because we've not sure. really peeked into the vaults. And but that's just for two records, and you know, it was like the 40th anniversary of them or whatever, right? Yeah. But Metallica's going to do this for every record. Mm-hmm. They've already been assembling shit for the Black Album. Oh yeah, I'm sure they'll put an announcement out at some point in the next two years about fans submitting stuff for Load. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm curious if we're going to get some kind of Worldwide Tour document. Well, in 2046, we can look forward to the Hardwired 30th anniversary. Right. Greg Fieldman will. Greg, Greg Fieldman Jr. will mix that one. <laughs> <laughs> Remastered. Come on. I don't know. I mean... I actually saw someone complaining again on either the forums or Reddit the other day about how Hardwired didn't sound good. Oh, my God. Shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. I don't know, even know what to say. To that. I don't want to say anything to it. Well, all right, let's move on. Anything else to say? Do we? Should, all right, here's your homework. Listen, metal up your podcast family. We love you. We appreciate you. Without you guys listening every week, what would we have? A great big goose egg. We would have. But here's nobody the, listening. But here's the here's the deal. Go leave the review. Tell your friend. Talk about us on social media. Maybe you have your own podcast uh, that you do. Maybe mention it on your podcast. And yeah. if you do mention us on your podcast, let us know so we can we can mention you, like and retweet that, and mention you like a like a wonderful hey. circle of life. Mention for a mention, like for a like, like for a like. Golden shower for a pee break. Yep. Cover our world black and volume one is for sale. It's only six fucking dollars. MetalUpYourPodcast dot com. Go yep. get it. It's good and it supports the show. Cover world black and volume two is being given away to the patrons. Now, speaking of the patrons, here what we're going to do at the very end is we have drawn a name out of our big list of patron names. Yes, we have. And uh, we did this right before the show started. It's completely random for anyone. Correct. And uh, we want to announce our winner, our second winner, second month in a row of giving away the Injustice for All Deluxe box set. And who is that winner? Drum roll, please. And the winner is... I didn't even see it. You drew it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dan Cantor. Holy shit, Dan Cantor. Yeah, Dan Cantor won. Isn't that crazy? Dan Cantor. Dan, 
our Canadian musician friend. He's an awesome dude. We met up in uh, Nashville one time. He's awesome, sweet dude. Um, yeah, found out he was a fan. He tours around the world, does all sorts of cool shit. Um, yeah, congrats, dude. All right, well, Dan, just send us an email with your address of where you would like this thing shipped, and we'll get it out to you. And it's that simple. We have more gifts coming in January and more gifts in February. More gifts, I believe, in March, April, and May. We have more gifts coming in June, July, and August. What about September? There are more gifts in September, October, November, even more gifts. In December, we're going to do more gifts. Yeah. (laughs) That's every month. Do we miss any months? That's every month of the year. Good job. (laughs) Let's get out of here. All right, peace. Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? And then I would say, delete that. <laughs>